everybody. Welcome to Laser Time, and I am going to seduce you to death. Uh, uh, welcome to the Internet's 16th leading pop culture show. I'm being laughed at by a very special guest, uh, but not in a way that's polite. She's hiding her laughter because of how embarrassed she is for me. But it's going to be one of those episodes where I think we're, you're going to maybe learn a little more about some of your podcast friends than you wanted to, because by popular demand from both Sam and Sarah, say hi for me. Hey, this is Sam. It's me, Sarah, and I will not be ignored, Antista. <laughs> uh, we're going to I talk. I will not be ignored. About and I will not have sex with you. <laughs> to death. Uh, no, that's not as funny. Um, but we're going to be talk about the weird and forgotten subgenre of the erotic thriller, and which is literally a sub a micro genre of film that kind of only existed within our lifetimes, lived, lived and died within the times we were alive. And as, get a, back. as a very special guest, uh, I got my friend Honey from the Honey Leave It Show. Hi. Hi. How would Hi. people know you? Uh, people would know me from the Honey Leave It Show, which is my podcast, and no other place really. How would you I'm describe your podcast? I'm very unsuccessful on social media. Sure. It's a comedy podcast where we talk about sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. It's very horny. It's often funny. Uh, when it's both is really the sweet spot. I, there's, I'm on an episode upcoming or maybe thrown out. Yeah, we, we'll see. That is the least sexy thing you've ever heard in your entire life. I kept life. trying to get Chris to talk about sex and he kept talking about being depressed. <laughs> well, that, you know, for some people. But you know, uh, luckily I can talk about being depressed too. Yeah, yeah there's a lot yeah. of overlap. She had me at both yeah. ends. Mm. Um, but Ooh, it, la, la. Honey did a <laughs> bonus time for our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. And I have been doing this uncensored shows for years. And it's the first time I was like, <gasps> Oh, I've I have not said I liked really rough anal on a show and not yeah. been making a joke. But um, <laughs> I mean, is that even? It's so funny because uh, you know, in my life, that's not even like that shocking a thing to say. No. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I just I guess I've just lived. I don't know. No, well, I think you're you or you're living now. <laughs> or I'm living now. Um, you're yeah. trust me. The show Honey Leave It Show is a very interesting listen, mm-hmm. and I can't tell if I'm. Uh, envious or just aroused, but oh, um, good. Well, mm. I mean, I, I honestly, prefer aroused, and like nobody has to be envious because you know it's really not as hard as it, it looks like to get laid. I think I think that's an excellent point because part of why the erotic thriller exists mm-hmm. is because of America's hangup on sexuality, yes, and mm-hmm. how inaccessible sex and pornography was. Yeah, it's this yeah. ugly little marriage of Americans puritanical beginning and i did a little bit of research just trying to figure out like what the fuck is america's deal why did we have to like couch boobies and sex scenes into movies of horror and murder well i mean i think to me it's like pretty straight i mean sex and death are like the two things that most people have in common with everyone else on the planet you either are have had sex or you've came from sex at the very least so and (laughs) you'll die so um but i mean yeah well, Both I think, are I, but that's the thing. Like, titillating. I mean, the French call an orgasm le petit more. We've had it's sexual. We've had movies about sexuality. Honey and I were talking movies about relationships and sex. It's not in any way strange for the Europeans to tackle this subject and not do constantly. All. And America never did. And yes, I think that's both part of our where America's seeds are in puritanical assholes who are annoying the rest of Europe. And also, we didn't have. We lacked those artistic periods where you go anywhere in Europe and there's paintings of nudes all over the place. This country never had that. So like even the idea of nudity was, it was an issue of legality since like the beginning of of, of this country. The enlightenment never happened here. We didn't have any of that. Do we really want to see our founding fathers in the nude? (laughs) 
I mean, I do. I really want to see. I want to see if if. If Ben Franklin's pubes match the curtains. I mean, I'd like to see the cast say, of Hamilton and well, the new Does that count? Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if George Washington's wooden teeth matched the hardwood floors. I cannot tell a lie. I did bust that cherry. I, look, I know he's probably Ooh. not Southern. <laughs> I know, I know he's probably not so Horrible. No. <laughs> you don't know what he sounded like. Uh, no, yeah, you're the, horrible. The, the, <laughs> the genre, Daniel Day-Lewis. The puritanical, like... uh, whatever, nature, the genre is like weird because it's like, well, we need something sexy, but what if there was a murder? Right. Yeah. And it was and I, based off infidelity. I wanted, I wanted usually the basis for these. I wanted to figure out if there was perhaps a reason why true crime murder podcasts and shows are so popular because people of our generation were raised to associate a certain degree of on-screen titillation with murder and scandal. Well, and, and whereas Europeans do not have that, they have movies just about people talking and fucking on screen, unsimulated. Well, first of all, first of all, that's not porn. Hang on, okay. hang on, stop. Yeah, it's no, expert. I'm not the expert. God, I just like to talk about it. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I have a degree in nothing. Shit, I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so European, so sexuality in European movies isn't, like, all fun games. Like, no. the Like, French cinema is very problematic for women. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, this whole... There's this there's this whole, um, like, 13-year-old, like, budding female character mm-hmm, that comes up mm-hmm. over and over and over again in French movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you know... And French cinema itself had, a, like, a Me Too movement. So it's not like everything in Europe is cool. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I'm just saying they, they had, there was a permissiveness that we lacked in this country. Yeah, there's definitely a permissiveness. Yeah, and, and you know, on, on, on the BBC, you can see, like, sex. They have, like, government-mandated porn because, like, yeah, well, let these people blow a load and just go to sleep happy. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And whereas, yeah. whereas we grew up, with, even on cable, which I remember being joked about, is like, you couldn't say Jesus Christ, you, mm-hmm. let alone show a booby, yeah. uh, a, a big, giant, repressed oh. culture. Well, one when, when of the things that I think also is a aspect of these uh, erotic thrillers is that this is like the first time I feel like that we really saw women who were in control of their sexuality. The vast majority of these films mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about have women who maybe are sometimes portrayed as villains, but are largely in control of their own sexuality. And at some points using men or making choices that are, that go against the traditional female paradigm of, of sexual agency for women that existed in the past. I, I mean, when we talk about like themes of like I, infidelity or the femme fatale, which comes up, which is, you know, the erotic thriller is just a natural extension of noir films, basically. So like, when, yeah, but there's still uh, like, I, I can't wait to see what you're talking about, but the ones I watched, it's, it, it, offer, it operates all under, the, under the same principles of like mafia movies. You have engaged in something wrong and you will be punished before the end of the movie for doing so. Maybe. That's that's typically yeah. how... Not every, not every movie that not every one, talk about, that's Many of the ones horror. I watched. Like yeah. usually if you fuck, you get murdered and none of these are horror movies. And that is that is a trope that's in play there as well. A little and bit, that, yeah. Like Friday the 13th. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I just had a little bit like... Uh, uh, just trying to look at sexuality in film and how the Catholic church, surprise, surprise was dominant in repressing all that and censoring film up to and including 1896's short film, the kiss, which features two. Do you mean 1996? 1896. 1896. 1896. The kiss. It is, it is a, one of those short films that is just, Two people doing something, and it's a girl and a guy, like Mickey Mouse kissing each mm-hmm. other. At some point, the Catholics had managed to make PDA a 
punishable offense. Wow. And the idea of showing that in a movie theater was instantly controversial. George Melier is the guy who's the subject of the movie Hugo. He is widely credited as one of the first on-screen nude scenes uh, 1897's and 1897's after the ball and I was trying to figure out because not not that America's always been repressed because sometime in about the 60s frank depictions of sexuality became not only accepted like we enter an era where like Deep Throat is a national sensation a porn mm-hmm. pornographic movie is a national mm-hmm. sensation but I I did find it funny the, the first movie with an unsimulated sex scene that received wide theatrical distribution in the US was Andy Warhol's Blue movie in 1969. Wait, uh, unsimulated? Unsimulated. So actual penetration on film. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's and it's not very sexy. It's like one. It's shot. It was shot in one day for three thousand dollars, and it's two people having a conversation about the Vietnam War, fucking once, and putting their clothes on. Oh it my is, god! Well, that's the seventies. It was it was screened at Andy Warhol's Garrick Theater. Um, I, th- I think that's not there anymore. The entire staff was arrested just for showing <laughs> just for showing this movie. Wow. And the manager was fined, and but and the film was confiscated by the police in, in 1970, as, as recently as 1970. And I, I just grabbed this. We were doing a thing about the making of Superman, and they had to reconfigure where they shot because Marlon Brando was still wanted on obscenity charges for being in the movie Last Tango in Paris. Wow. And there's plenty of controversy around Last Tango in Paris, but just for being in a movie that was obscene, I think they couldn't shoot in certain areas of Italy. Once again, mm-hmm. Catholics. But but like uh, once in the late 60s, we finally get an end of the Hays Code and we get a rating system. Rated R, rated X. And Diana can take you through. The, the rated X thing is hilarious. They failed to copyright it. The porn industry took it and made up double X and triple X <laughs> and a billion X out of nowhere. But um, you could start showing certain sexual scenes in movies. But if you if you haven't been paying attention, American rating systems are still very aggressively puritanical in what sexual mm-hmm. acts of sexuality they'll allow to show. And for some, that's why I mentioned this having horror conventions, because most erotic thrillers end up ending badly or with somebody dying. One of the main characters dying because they're right. also a murderer. And But on uh, what I'm saying is, and we can go through this, but mm-hmm. unlike horror slasher movies, it's not often, it's not always the woman who had sex that's getting their comeuppance. It's frequently not actually. Yeah. yeah. When it's, we it's, break it's, it down, it's usually the man, which is awesome. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a refreshing change, you know, mm. but I mean, when we, Sam and I, when we were conceiving of this episode, no pun intended, yeah. um, we, <laughs> we had a lot of fun discussion about what, constitutes an erotic thriller and what doesn't because there's definitely erotic film there are erotic films that are thrilling but do they constitute erotic thrillers and some of these that we're going to talk about it'll be fun to kind of take a poll and see i mean there's the famous like supreme court court case jacob ellis versus ohio where it's like where they talk about what is pornography and you know it when you see it yeah, I don't know what it is, but I know when I see it. That's kind of how I feel about erotic thrillers. Yeah, I, I, I that's still yeah. the law of the land. Also, yeah, I'll know, I know it when I see it is as best as the judiciary has ever done. And mm. all right, well, let's get into that. Um, <laughs> and and I also wanted to ask you guys because movies were sort of the first time I realized there was a, such a thing as sexuality, or I I, I didn't mm-hmm. feel a thing for someone on the playground. I saw something. De- most of us saw something depicted we weren't supposed to. I'm like, why did why is my peony moving? 
I'm one. No, I did, but I wanted to ask you. I, I wanted to ask you guys because some of these movies, as I was talking to Sam, like I had like a worn out copy of Rising Sun that I taped off of a Showtime free preview because it was the only movie I had with a visible vagina in it, and it's just. It was my porn for wow. in 1994 yeah, well, I mean, for like two years. And so, yeah, a little context, like um, for some of the younger listeners, if you were, I don't know, a teenager in the early 90s, the internet existed, but like barely. Yeah. And it was like an it miracle online thing. And it did not exist in a form where you could like, it was so slow back then there was no streaming video. Mm-hmm. There was nothing like that. It, there was no even downloading video, not really. And if you downloaded a video, it would be like three seconds long and like 280 pixels by 120 pixels or something. It would be absurd. It would be worthless. So I'm not waiting that long for a picture of Terry Hatcher from Lois and Clark. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the stuff available at the time were like uh, like Playboy Hustler mags, which you were not old enough to buy. No one's yeah. going to sell them. To we you. were legally prohibited uh, from most avenues of porns and expressions of sexuality anywhere but literature and movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you have your like video stores where there's like VHS <laughs> copies of everything. And this actually predated blockbuster actually being a thing. Like this is like really the era of the mom and pop video rental store. And every one of those video rental stores for the most part, usually had like a porno room, which you could not go into because like, if you're 14 years old, you probably don't look 18 years old unless you're Chris Antista, but probably (laughs) I, I, Um, some of the, my favorite memories of Sam and I were 14 is, trying to get the, the gall to sneak into the Greg's video porn closet Wow! Uh, with, with signs saying we clearly are not allowed to go in there. And even then, you, all you can do is look at the boxes. You can't... Yeah. The tapes are behind yeah, the counter. Gonna, yeah, exactly. You're, you're not leaving with anything. Yeah. So really, at the time, if you had like any access to like premium cable stuff, and not even HBO necessarily, but kind of, I, what I really mean is like Showtime and Cinemax... Mm-hmm. That was where you were going to see some stuff after 10 p.m. Hell yeah, and and that's all you had really. That was and and we will like I cannot wait to get into more of this, but let's take a tiny break. Let's go out with some Enigma music because that to me Ooh. for some reason the Sliver soundtrack is what I associated with sex for a very long time. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah, so sad. But <laughs> we'll get into more of my personal tragedy and trauma. When we get back in a short break. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. It is the launch of Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants. One oh, of man. the worst games I have ever played. Terrible. It's, it, it's terrible in a different way because like you get a lot of the YouTube snark over the first level, which is... And it was basically just a parody of They Live, yeah. which I didn't understand at the time. I didn't get it all. And once you get past that original level, it's just a shitty, shitty, oh, shitty yeah. side-scroller with no gimmick at all. 
do we know the story? Is this one of those things where they had a different game and then they just threw a Simpsons skin over it to capitalize on, I, on the fad? Or? I don't think so, but it is the first one from acclaim. But what I do like pointing out is that everything in the game, such as the importance of the space mutants, is all based on season one Simpsons horseshit. Yes. And 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 this this game, like it even puts it on the box because technically in terms of Simpsons references, McBain hasn't hasn't been mentioned. Bart doesn't have a ton of friends. Lisa has no friends. We don't. We may not even know the name of her teacher. I would say the 18th most famous Simpsons thing, <laughs> the Space Mutants, and uh, this game reflects that. And it's about all you'd have to remember that. It kind of had those like proto Kodos and Kings. Right. That was like they had arms and legs and one eye, and they would show up like at the beginning and when you died. Development uh, obviously started before the second season of The Simpsons because yeah. there's no Kodos and Kang. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! Erotic thrillers, erotic thrillers. Um, who's ready? I, I did want to ask real quick. Wh- when did you realize you even had like a sexuality? Is there a movie you can remember that happening with? I honestly can't remember a time when I didn't know something about sexuality. Like when I was three years old, I remembered like doing mommy daddy stuff with the girls that like came over after preschool. I remember the girls down the street wanting to play house where I would play a husband, and I remember. Right. That would, but like we would that was take oddly off our alluring. clothes and like press our bodies together oh, and like God. do like husband wife stuff. Like it was like I don't ever remember not knowing some at least a little something about what sex I was. I hated playing house, but I really liked her taking off your shirt. That never happened, but just like the the, the physical contact. I did was, it all the time. Was like scary and weird and fun, yeah. and and I was trying to think back. It's such a bad memory, and bear in mind I'm five, and the movie that first like. Like, why am I feeling something about this? It was Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer. Uh, the <laughs> Rainbow Bright movie, which has kind of a badass Mega Man character in it, who teams up with Rainbow Bright to stop the Stealer of the Stars. Wow, I'm wet already. And, <laughs> and there's a, there, and this is even more fucked up. There's a scene where they're, they fall down and they're, they're hanging from pipes and it gets really upskirty. Mm. And I remember, like, I can't tell my parents I like Rainbow Bright, but, like, every time in the video store, I'm like, we should watch Rainbow Bright again. Because you want to see that upskirt moment? One scene in a in a 90-minute movie, and, and then uh, the pipe breaks, and the guy slides beneath her, and she gets really upset. What do you mind? And I just, like, before I was even capable of erection, I was like, oh, what? I love this scene so much. I went and downloaded the movie. That scene doesn't fucking exist. So like I was gonna ask, is that real like you gotta go back and see if it if you a lot of that was extrapolated in my head or I think what I wanted to see happen. She does hang from a pipe, it is a little upskirty, but he slides and his butt hits her on the head and Uh, she's I thought I remembered him looking up her skirt and her being very incensed about it, but unless they reanimated something for the Blu-ray I stole um, (laughs) that didn't fucking happen. That's amazing. And and and, and then literally like learning about sexuality after that is the move for me is the movies we're going to talk about yeah. the movies mm-hmm. you were guaranteed to have nudity in it. I, Sam had, 
I remember reading that like to this day, HBO has a policy of not playing rated R movies after eight o'clock. Like it would be a little before more before eight o'clock, before, before, yeah, before eight p.m. And even then, like yeah. they don't get into the real scandalous shit until after ten. And yeah. it's like yeah. you guys don't want to like relax on that a little bit. You, you, mm-hmm. have, you have your own streaming service that will is way more important than your channel now. Yeah, and I'm sorry. At the end of the day, HBO is not where you saw that really like sexy, salacious stuff. It no, was Showtime, Cinemax. Uh, Cinemax. Yeah, you went yeah. to HBO to for real sex, which is more of like a Nat Geo sort of yeah. like sexual situation where it you're is, learning about things. But in the you did wild. see unsimulated sex. I'm yeah, on, exactly. uh, on that, real that, sex. That poor, that, yeah. that poor slash amazing editor who is somehow. <laughs> Cuts away from every piece of penetration of people clearly fucking, yeah. but you can never really see anything on real sex. And I don't know. Real I sex thought... is so funny just because I think about it like this is cool, but also like everybody looks like me now uh, <laughs> on real sex. It's not <laughs> it's not models. It's not the, the hottest starlet in the universe. It's just a bunch of like people fucking in their food. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's called real sex. <laughs> it's I in the name. I mean, it's I in the name. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like being aware like this is a sexual thing like again around the same age like three years old four years Mm -hmm. old and i remember two things like really making me feel like i okay this is like grown-up stuff that i'm attracted to and Mm -hmm. the first one was the wicked game music video (laughs) by chris isaac dude honey's Honey's was a music video too or no it was a madonna documentary it was madonna's documentary uh yes truth or dare yep and the other one, though, other. was the other one was uh, Robin Hood, the cartoon. <laughs> you know, you're not yeah, the first person I've heard. I'm yeah, very, very attracted to that fox. Right. Still, that <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't share that, but you are not the first woman I've heard who's who's oh, expressed so desire common. for that fucking fox yeah. on Robin Hood. Yes. Yeah, we call that them fox. We, we call them oodalallies. Yeah. And <laughs> Furry body, no pants, tight green top. Uh, little, little jaunty little shepherd. Jaunty, uh, yeah. his, his, his green vagina hat. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Good at shooting when stuff. When he gets in the water and he has to breathe out of that little straw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And, uh, He's got a bear friend. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wants to join it. Oh, yeah. You know? The big bear. <laughs> Baloo. Uh, no, that's not Baloo. No, it's Lil John. It's Lil Same John. Bo- It's Phil yeah. Harris. We all know it's the voice of Phil mm-hmm. Harris. I love how and you say that. Like, we- <laughs> I, like, I know the voice of animated characters. If you have not heard Honey and I's dynamic, yeah. uh, she is constantly shitting on me for being a giant dork, and that's why I love having her on the show. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, these movies were the first time I realized there were sex- for sexual positions yes. I learned from these movies. The idea that, like... A guy can come from the back? Like, no no idea. That's not how I thought it worked. can come from the back. (laughs) I know specifically what movie I learned that that was possible in. And it was during these late night things. And I would, my parents were not premium cable people, but there'd be that free preview that would pop up for a weekend. And Mm. that was like my personal mission impossible. Like recording a tape in a one TV household of my porn off of the only TV in the house, hoping no one wakes up having um, no one see you do it, and then absconding with the tape. That's so funny. <laughs> after you know, the movie's over. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I saw um, wasn't didn't make like the cut because it wasn't like theatrical releases. I saw like some weird like Showtime, like TV only. Red Shoe Diaries. Like, yeah, like mm. just like oh, really yeah. cheesy, really bad softcore. And like the sex was 
awful. It looked <laughs> awful. It was like it was like there was just two people, like one on top of the other, barely moving, like staring into each other's faces. And I was like, they're not having a good I, time. Yeah, it looks it looks like the sex scenes from the room. Oh but... my god! Ugh, <laughs> yeah. you. All all narrated by um, David Jerkovny. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> David Jerkovny. Did he did he uh, n- uh, narrate the Red Shoe Diaries? Yeah, I think yes. so. Well, he was more than narration. He would like do like an intro and and I think maybe an outro like in yeah, person. He, God, that he guy's... was receiving letters. I think. Yeah, he was, like, yeah reading. Say, like, it was like it was yeah. like his wife died and he needed to understand what happened to her through. Uh, through I don't porn? know. It's not really bizarre now that I'm saying. <laughs> oh. Not porn, like but... penthouse forum level. Because yeah, was, yeah, that was also. I don't like... think I ever saw that. I saw like I saw like even cheesier, stupider stuff than that. You know, I, I actually like I was oh. at a, a wedding like recently a... with a guy who that is his bread and butter. He mm. does late night softcore movies for Cinemax, nice and Showtime, and he was fucking miserable talking about it. He was yeah. a star and a director and a writer, and it just like it gets harder every fucking year. But for Cinemax, especially, he's like, it is part of their identity. Yeah. They want these things on, even though they have the stats, like people are not watching these. They, do, they don't want. <laughs> that's so sad. They don't want these scenes strung together with a story because that's not how the world works anymore. And he, he yeah. was, he, but he was a fan of the, <laughs> the art of the, the, the genre. And, uh, well, it's so weird that you bring that up because the Cinemax movies that would come on in like the mid 90s, um, do you did it? Um, is anyone aware of the lady that married Gene Simmons? Tracy uh, Lords, Shannon no. Tweed, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Shannon Tweed. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she, she was, was a in big some. star. Of, so what? She was in some, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was a big star of those movies, and I, that's like was it uh, when that bullshit re- when that bullshit reality show about the Simmons family came out. I, I wasn't really into it, but I'm like, oh yes, I, I recognize this lady <laughs> yeah. from those fucking um, uh, movies, like yeah. uh, from Cinemax uh, from the mid '90s. And it was weird. Like I never consider those like erotic thrillers because they were more erotic than thriller, but they were quite often thriller movies. They and were murders. Yeah, they'd be like 90 minutes long, but I never thought of them as erotic thrillers because they were way more. I don't know, jerk movies, That's like really, so crazy. like, whereas erotic thrillers are, I, I often, like, I, I don't associate them with being pornographic necessarily because they are way more thriller than they're erotic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a mechanism that they use more than it's not really like a masturbation movie. I remember yeah. one, actually, now that you're saying that, like, I had completely forgotten about this. I remember one that she did where she played like a woman in her 40s who like seduced like a male like waiter um and like there was all these like and there was all these like crazy there's this one crazy scene of her like violently masturbating in a sink in like a bathroom (laughs) but it was like it was it was really strange but like and then at the end and i'm gonna go ahead and spoil this for everyone sorry like it turns out she needed someone who looked like her son who was like a murderer that she could frame for the murders he had done. And so she seduced this Ooh. much younger man. And it was, yeah, it was definitely her. It's, yeah. It's seeing it, seriously, cool. Ooh, yeah, like, it was it, cool. It became like a much more interesting movie. Yeah. Even with yes. you describing it. Yeah. Instead of, like, I can watch a girl jerk off into a sink all goddamn day on Pornhub. I, re- but, I can still see her sitting in that sink, just like punching herself in the <laughs> pussy. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, whatever you got to do. What, you you got to do what you got to do. She was conflicted. She was it in was the, essential like, to the story. <laughs> she was in the anger part of Dabda. Yeah. Of the different levels. <laughs> With the tragedy. I don't know what Dabda <laughs> is either. Oh, it's the, it's the different stages of uh, grief. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. I really thought that was a lady masturbation technique. I was technique like, is that exclusively is that what being revealed on this show right now? Is that, yeah, is no. that what happens right before a lady jerk? Yeah. Right before a lady jerks it. Dabda is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, oh, acceptance. Dabda, got it. Dabda. Oh. But the, those movies that I'm referring to, uh, I think, played out kind of like a classic '70s or '80s like porno film did. Yeah. You were expecting like. Probably at least four like love scenes, if you want to call them that. Yes, if you Fucking want to call scenes. them that. Four, four um, is four is a really yes. That's it's generally three to four. <laughs> yeah. Should whereas be. if you watch an erotic thriller, there's quite often just one, one that's or true. two, just enough to, for qualifying. Well, and but also a big through line with a lot of erotic thrillers is that there will be like one, maybe two, like real sex scenes, but. A couple other scenes that are like someone's viewing a tape of something like they yeah. taped a politician doing something or someone's <laughs> looking at like photos that were taking with like a high res like camera of like, you know, these two people fucking. And so mm-hmm. that like kind of counts because so like, it's like yeah, they keep titillating you throughout. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's like body parts or sometimes they'll do like a slow pan up of like a lady business lady in like a stockings. And then she's turning around. And she's like, don't look at me. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that kind of counts, I guess. I'm just thinking yeah. of disclosure at this point. Oh God, yeah. that one doesn't count. As I know. Well. We will eventually. Oh, 100% counts. The erotic a, thriller. The erotic it. thriller Mount Rushmore is Michael <laughs> Douglas, Mickey Rourke, Sharon Stone, and Adrian Lin, and how maybe a Linda Fiorentino. How depressing that Michael Douglas always, was ever a sex. I always say that to Sarah. She disagrees. <laughs> I 100 percent disagree. Really? <laughs> I, oh God, oh. that weak. Michael Douglas, bad hair. Always had. Always argument. I oh think we God. should do the movie. Yeah, let's okay, do okay. the movie. Okay, yes. I do want to hear it. Um, uh, well, he, Both sides, wonderful <laughs> people. In <laughs> doing, doing research, it's widely agreed, and it's, it's, in, it's interesting to see how the erotic thriller begins in 1980 with Brian De Palma, who is fresh off of like genuine, genuinely like critically and commercially and critically successful films just all over the place. C- Carrie and... Uh, Blowout and Dress to Kill is a movie from 1980, which is not only an erotic thriller, like it's incredibly well made by a guy who knows who knows how to move a camera around. And okay. Dress to Kill, Angie Dickinson, uh, my Michael Caine, and it has Michael Caine in it. It's got Michael Caine in it. Michael Caine. It's got uh, Anne Lewis from. Um, uh, Robocop. It's oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't believe I've never seen this movie. I've actually never seen this movie. This movie is yeah, Dressed to Kill 1980. I gotta watch it. Brian De Palma, the master of the macabre, who shocked audiences everywhere with Sisters, Carrie, Obsession, and The Fury. Now invites you to oh. a showing of the latest fashion in murder. <laughs> Dressed to Kill. Michael Caine, Angie Dickinson, Nancy Allen, dressed to kill. Dressed to kill. Uh, do you rem- are you remembering this? I've never seen it, but I love Angie Dickinson. This movie uh, is. Fu- it, this movie opens like maybe I guess I never saw it in 1080p, but like I've never seen 
like vagina that close up with I gotta see normally when you saw lady front lady <laughs> how front. do they even do it now on on television without pubic hair because normally it's just like a bush that's yeah. what you see hmm. and this was like oh no there's contour i can you see, a, see you yes can see outer labia and i read later it's not angie dickinson it's a body double but yeah. it is it opens up with her fantasizing about being fondled by a stranger in the shower until she wakes up, but it is a four-minute sequence and has all, basically the, the entirety of the nudity in the movie is in the mm. opening sequence. And oh. the rest of the movie is wildly transphobic. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. that, oh. To, to use the parlance of the times, um, Michael Caine <laughs> is not a transsexual. But <laughs> Michael Caine is her therapist. She goes in her therapist try, and like, like, can I... Should we fuck? He's like, I'm not going to do that because I have a wife and I love her very much, very much indeed. And then <laughs> that will always make me laugh. And then, yeah. and then she, and then she fucks somebody and gets murdered by this woman. And slowly, it's Michael Caine's patient who is murdering all the people, and no one knows why Michael Caine's patient is murdering his other psychiatric patients. And we never get to see this woman's face because it's revealed at the end it is Michael Caine in a dress, oh uh, doing it the whole time, and, and like. Boo. The description of why is like, and I'm not, I have not, I mean, it's not like I'm not guilty ha of having laughed at or made transphobic jokes in the past, but a, an awareness now, this scene is fucking wild at the end. And it is even funnier to me that it's spoken by the mayor from Ghostbusters. The ending of Dress to Kill is wildly transphobic. I have a clip, but I just feel no. uncomfortable playing it. But long story short, the mayor from Ghostbusters is like, uh, he gave Michael Caine a boner. He hates any expression of masculinity, so he murders every woman who gives him a boner because he <laughs> doesn't want to be reminded of his penis. I just, and, and it's just, ew. wow. Like, even at the time, and I think Sarah and I were talking about that before, the LGBT community is like, hey, this is fucked up. Yep. Uh, this, is, this is fucked up. And, and I, it's just, I wasn't, I was too young. I wasn't paying attention. But a lot of these movies attracted the ire of a lot of groups. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. it was, it was considered pretty offensive. And, when you watch Dress to Kill, it's like it's a it's a very skilled director who just kind of wants to put some artistic nudity on screen and has to couch mm -hmm. it in something that he thought a lot less about. Wow, you're really mm -hmm. giving Brian De Palma a pass here. No, I'm not trying to. Okay, um, because he made Mission Impossible One. Oh God, <laughs> for God's sake! What? That's my bones on. Mi One is fantastic. That's... Yeah, no, no, I'm not complaining about that. But why I give him a pass for transphobia? Yeah, no, you're like, listen, he was just trying to make an art house movie. He just had to be transphobic because those are the times. No, I mean, well, I mean, I, I tend not to like, like I said, like I probably would be guilty of that because of how permissive society was about such. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, it, the. the I, mean, I won't it, pretend. It's crazy I, how how I knew it was transphobic in 1980. I was yeah. zero, and I was very very progressive. Uh huh. Uh, no, let me finish my thought, please. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's. I think the most. I think the cruelest thing about uh, transsexual killers in cinema is that is that there are very few transsexual killers. What there are are a lot of murders of transgendered people mm -hmm. um, by cisgendered people yep. in real yeah. life. In real life. So yeah. yeah so this sort of. Life. And I mean, I think it's. I think. It's because um, depictions like this. Well, it's because I think for so long, you know, the there weren't there wasn't a diverse group of people running Hollywood. There never mm -hmm. has been, and there kind of still isn't yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, what you had in like the seventies and eighties, where they're just like, okay, well, we can now put boobs on screen. We're mm -hmm. we're free to do this thing. 
but um, we don't know about this other stuff. But yeah. this is what we think it might be like. I, I and think, it was horrible. I think people wanted to put boobs on screen, but we were still required to pretend this was another kind of movie. And yeah. all of that was... When you look at the scenes of nudity and sex in this movie, you kind of... That's where the priority was. Mm-hmm. This is where you storyboarded everything and made sure it all made sense because no one's really shot boobs, bush, and butt like this before. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there are there had been places for it before. I mean, like mm-hmm. Zeffirelli's *Romeo and Juliet* famously is yeah. like pretty booberific. Like, yeah. Your but... European guy. Yeah, yeah, it was where they. Yeah. It was the. It was when they shot uh, *Romeo and Juliet*, but like the. What was unique about it was they took actual teenagers who were actually the age oh. that Romeo and Juliet would have been. So you're watching yeah. like 15 year olds fuck on screen. Yeah. Olivia Hussey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hussey in her name? Yeah. yeah oh. Well, I guess oh. she was asking for it. <laughs> it's not what I was implying. Sure. But, uh, but yeah. Well, the, so the next year, yeah. moving on to like the yeah. next movie that. This is a stone cold classic and honestly is like oh yeah ugh, two people at the peak of their powers body heat body heat is so body fucking heat good. is so fucking good it is like the sweatiest sexiest like you know you, you've got your William Hurt you've got your Kathleen Turner you've got your Ted Danson what's an erotic really? thriller no hot Frankenstein yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, hot Frankenstein hamming it up. Like, and gray, I'm sorry, grayless Ted Danson. Yes, full nice. head of like brunette hair. Just everyone in this movie. Well, those three people in this movie are stone cold smoke shows. And this is like really kind of the movie that put Kathleen Turner on the map as mm. like a real sexual like object of a woman because she's like got the smoky voice and it's body heat it's set in florida (laughs) and during a major heat wave everyone is the sweatiest you've ever seen a human (laughs) being they might as well all be like 1970s comedians on coke like that's how sweaty they are like just jogging around in florida yeah fucking it's so good, and it is a it's a real thriller. Like it starts out super sexy, and then murdering starts happening. I, I remember this being, I, I one I, I was not allowed to watch rated R movies until about fifth grade on my birthday or someone's birthday. I'd get a pass. Someone like mm-hmm. wow, someone, when you were ten, you got to watch a rated R movie. Yeah, wow. You know, about then, I remember my first rated R movie in the theater was Betsy's Wedding. I don't know. I think my dad was just a big Alan Alda fan. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> yeah, either either at a, only slumber parties, and I remember at one of my parties, like whatever you want, I'm like yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I was like Body Heat, and like this is porn. I'm getting this. So a bunch of ten year olds sitting around and watching Body Heat. I was very unpopular for picking this movie, and I've never watched it again. Wow. Yeah. It's so. What's their problem? What, yeah, it, no just kidding. A, like I mean. Sam and I literally just watched this, and this was like the movie when I talked to my mom, who's a baby boomer, about this show. She's like, oh, you got to watch Body Heat. That's yeah. like the first one. That's like the one that set the tone. I, and it oh, really did. I really, mean, Body Heat like, sets the tone for erotic thrillers. I yeah, think. It's the quintessential. I, I, I did not pull a trailer for uh, this movie because the official trailer has no dialogue in really? it. Really? It would be pointless to uh, an audience that can only listen in. Nothing is really spoken. Occasionally, there's like a, uh, but <laughs> yeah. like, like, you can't listen to two minutes of that. It's not like it's not two minutes of people it fucking. It's one of the like, greatest oh, sex scenes oh. in in all of in all of cinematic history. Really? When, yeah, when he um 
when William Hurt is locked out of her house and she and he can see her through the door and she takes Girl. out her clothes and is walking away and so he breaks into the house to fuck her. Yeah. It is no, you say break in, he throws a fucking stool through the goddamn window <laughs> yeah. and walks in. He yeah. fucking moves. Exactly, we that's literally not just guy with modern day. Radio <laughs> We so literally good. just watched this like yesterday and yeah. she's actually not naked. She's oh see, just I just I'm just there. remembering it. I'm just you rainbow bright butted that shit. I did, I did. In my in my that's mind true. she's completely greased up and I can see her whole butt. <laughs> but it's no. not it's not what not happened. To, how, what, do you think well, the, actually, what do you think the glycerin but... spray budget was on that movie? How many gallons <laughs> so, yeah. of that do you think they squirted all over the cast? The Macho Man Randy Savage's baby like, oil budget. <laughs> inside the house, like, fucking him with her eyes through multiple windows. Hell yeah. Will not let him in. And he, like, throws, like, a stool or, like, a potted plant through the window to break in and then have sex. And I was thinking, like, this is how you... This is, like, the one in... 100,000 setups for like a, a, a rape accusation or yeah. something. Yeah, it's yeah. So fucked up. He threw like, a stool through my window and he was that? looking like, at but mm-hmm. It's definitely a consensual encounter. Yes. On screen. That's very yes, clear. That's very clear. clear. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like, what the fuck were you thinking? Throw, uh, like, that could have been anything. Like, just like, he, she could have been saying with her eyes, get the fuck out of here. And he threw a, a, a I don't think there's any the mistake what she was saying with her eyes and whole yeah. ass in my in my He's, memory. <laughs> honey, they watch this today. I know, I know. You didn't. No, that's true. This it's, is a this is a vivid memory. That's true. Where did you watch this? this? God, I think I must have seen it. I think I saw it with my mom. My mom had a tendency to rent very wow. inappropriate movies <laughs> when I was young. I saw Blue Velvet when I was twelve years old, and oh. my mom at the end of it looked over at me and she's like, I'm not sure that was appropriate for that you was, to see. And that I was, was like, I am traumatized. That is my last <laughs> Yeah. Non-porn arousal was body blue velvet. Blue velvet. Yes, the I was seen n- when the, he's in the closet and she's pissed and then she's blowy and like I don't. That is the last remember, time. Yeah. I'm just saying that I remember there was sex in that movie. I don't remember being aroused oral at sex. all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how it was in 1981, but I can <laughs> definitely say even when I was in my 20s, there would not be a moment in my life where I'm like, she's just playing fucking games with me. I'm gonna throw some. <laughs> Okay, that's <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You see yeah, the way this girl looked at me? Fuck it, I'm having sex with my shoes on. Boom. As long as she accepted his fantasy, yeah. but I just feel like yeah. that's fucking crazy what that guy yeah. did. That is crazy what that guy did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, but, it's, re- it's actually like not only like is it extremely hot and is everyone a huge smoke show in this show in this movie, but also like the twisty turny thriller part of it is really good. It is like, so good. And it's a full noir. I mean, it's basically film noir with like, you know, sweaty body parts, basically. I'm thinking of body Sam- parts. I'm thinking of the movie Body Parts when I talked about my slumber party movie. Carry on. Uh, okay, parts. I was going to say, Body Heat is such a weird choice for a slumber party, mm-hmm. but we'll move on from that. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, that oh, makes more sense. But yeah, Sam uh, Sam pulled a couple clips from this movie. What's, yeah. What's this one? The border, the border walk, uh, The Boardwalk clip. Well, because there's no trailer, so this is like it's the sexiest sort of trailer you can get. Mm-hmm. You're not too smart, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I like that in a man. What else do you like? Lazy, ugly, horny? I got them all. You don't look lazy. <laughs> Tell me, does chat like this work with most women? Some, if they haven't been around much. I wondered. Thought maybe I was out of touch. Come on, I buy you a drink. I told you, I've got a husband. I'll buy him one, too. He's out of town. My favorite kind. We'll drink to him. <laughs> this, you were not kidding about the... Woo. 
Noir, that is a fast talking dame with a hard screw. Yeah, uh, it's 100%. Her stems go all the way up, yeah. and the music is film noir music. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not playing like, around. No, yeah, there's it's tons like of like brass trumpets. instruments yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So do you remember this from just this one viewing, or is this something you saw multiple times? Do I remember know? what? Body Heat. From did, what? did it stick with you from this one viewing? Or what have you really seen stuck this? with me was the scene that I already described, the yeah? one where he breaks, yeah. where he breaks into the house to fuck her. And that stuck with you forever. And that stuck with me forever. Wow. Forever, yes. For sure. But it, it One might of the also... best sex scenes I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. And I've watched a lot. I'm both. sorry to interrupt, but like as soon as I saw that scene, like the first the pragmatist in me was like, Who's going to clean all that glass and oh, shit totally. up tomorrow? <laughs> totally. Sorry, Sarah, go ahead. No, totally, just to I get, can totally see that, yeah. I'm always that person, too. But just to get the nerds on board, this movie was written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Of Empire which... Strikes Back fame. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for explaining Hello. who that is. I was like, why should Man I Mansplaining who that was. Mm. You're goddamn yeah. right. There's two. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You been, ladies are getting too comfortable talking about sexuality. I've been screamed at by Chris in this room for hours, you guys. <laughs> Oh, girl! It's, I uh, swear to God, she likes me off mic. <laughs> I do. I I do. I like it very much. We're we're sort of friends. One of the other things that I really love about this movie that I did not realize is that it also features like a little baby hot Mickey Rourke. Yep. This I mean, is pr- Mickey Rourke pre messing with his face, pre whatever he had been through. Yeah, no roids. No plastic surgery. None of that. Yeah. It's weird. That his face. Like it's so it it's really tragic how unrecognizable he yeah. is because he well, was well, so he was so had, so specifically beautiful for even his voice a period mm-hmm. of years yeah because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like just he's he like talks a now like way down here and these movies like hey how's it going yeah 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 it's, yeah. Human, yeah it's human growth hormone it, it makes the bones in your face grow yeah he looks like it's he, really he, he looks crazy. like a, a woman with an allergic reaction yeah. right now yeah and, and, oh poor guy yeah I mean I hate, I hate to talk about like. It's Bot, not, you know. Yeah, it's not just cosmetic. He he had his face busted up as a boxer, mm-hmm. right? And so he had a lot of reparative surgery and then some other stuff too. And in, in like in a time but we cannot remember, he was like the the last terrible movie star. The but he's really good in this. Like he has like a small part. No, no, I mean as in like a terrible person. Good. He would drive around in a gold plated Rolls Royce. Oh yeah, just he's hitting a piece people. of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but back well, we didn't maybe, care about that. Maybe y'all are gonna uh, get into this later on. But he has done some erotic ass movies himself, he, like Wild oh, yeah. Orchid. That's on the list. Oh, that, that's where we're, that's where, that is where we are headed because. All right, sorry. That was <laughs> that was that was Honey's movie. That was the movie I contributed. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it was very yeah. Yeah. No, it, chronologically, it is it is kind of next. Mickey Rourke and Sam just put and, up his hands. And, like, oh no, sorry, it was too. It's technically. <laughs> Don't uh, worry, you're okay. You're got? okay. <laughs> technically, and, and and even people who aren't familiar with the genre are usually familiar with this movie and its reputation. Uh, Nineteen eighty six. I think I've been hypnotized, mm. but I never felt anything like this before. How did you know I'd respond to you the way I have? I saw myself in you. Mickey Rourke, Kim Basinger, nine and a half weeks. This is the horniest trailer I've ever seen, by the way. Okay. Is this a thriller? No, you are right. I don't think it constitutes the erotic thriller, but it's still the same. It's in the same vein of a mainstream sexually focused film. And I was excited to bring it up because I know someone who is in the movie our buddy Dan Amrick of HeroFalls.com, Palette Swap Ninja. And I've never talked to him in depth about it when I asked him if he would 
tell me about being a child actor who's somehow cast in an erotic thriller. And he did. And here's an uh, excerpt from that. And you can hear the rest of it on patreon.com slash laser time. Dan is a terrific storyteller. This is technically the longest clip we'll ever play in the middle of a show, but it is phenomenal. It is one of my favorite things I've ever recorded. And you can hear the, it's, it's very truncated and you hear the rest of it on uh, patreon.com slash laser time. You're a child actor and you audition right. for a movie you've I'm never a child heard actor. Of. I have had some some uh, some successes with some small <laughs> television parts, but I, uh, I'm sorry, some television commercials. I haven't done any TV shows and I haven't done any films. Right. But I would go and read for films. I read for Daryl. I read for Big. I read for Lost. Or I, I got cast in Lost Boys and uncast in Lost Boys. You know, there's there's a bunch of movies that you know you don't get because there's not so many parts to go around. So I walk in, it's this really dumb little script, and it's just the scene of kids on a Coney Island boardwalk. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know any of the context, but they're just like, okay, read the lines. And so I read, you know, a couple of lines from that. My brother here, he can fart the theme of Jaws for five bucks or whatever. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. They're like, okay, thanks, bye. And we're like, we're done? They're like, yeah, you're done, go. And so we just went home. You so, know, like, so just okay, you, did, you didn't feel like a little earthquake, like, I nailed that one. They, they, they uh, No, they no, no, no. And I was like, that was dumb. Like, I don't really want that one, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, and I don't really want that one because it's like, I don't find fart jokes funny. I'm just not a fart joke guy. This is I don't where like we bathroom humor. Uh, you know, so I was just like, excuse me, I watch Money Python, okay? I don't need toilet humor. I need jokes about the upper class of the year and yeah, masturbating <laughs> yeah you know and i i need jokes about barristers and dead parrots and you know and i i think i'm you know i'm hot shit so oh. sure enough a week and a half later we get a call back and my dad says for the revolving door they're like yeah apparently they want you to meet the director i'm like what wow. did i do that was right you know like, I, I, I i literally have i have no idea what i did that was right so we show up and it's just like a small group of kids, like 12 kids. And they're just, put, you know, bringing us in for conversations a few at a time in a group. And we meet the director and his name is Adrian Line. And oh, so I've been mispronouncing the, the director's name this whole podcast. Great. Um, oh, he's not Lynn. He's not Adrian Lynn. It's, it's Line. Adrian Line. But it's how, a, it's a I line. have to know how this person is because in the context of this episode, he is the person who ushers in like this entire subgenre of the erotic thrillers. Absolutely. From Fatal right. Attraction to Wild Orchid. Uh, right. This to, is his to, thing. He does, and doesn't. Didn't he do a version of Lolila as well? Yes, that's like, like one of his thing. His last Hollywood films, forbidden sex erotic thrillers, right? So he, <laughs> which had you're done, auditioning for? <laughs> he had done Flashdance at this point. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so he was hot off of Flashdance. So there's Adrian Lyne. He's a British guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, and so he's just sort of asking the kids questions because he's looking for for personalities that he can work with for a day this is a day shoot this is not you if you've seen nine and a half weeks this is not the point of nine and a half weeks right (laughs) kids the kids on coney island are not the focus of the film so i am um, not i'm i'm the one who hands them the food from the refrigerator Um. right exactly you know (laughs) i like bread and butter do you like toast and jam danny yeah no so uh he (laughs) He's going around. And he's asking us all like, oh, you know, what, uh, you know, what do you think? And blah, 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 blah. And the kid next to me uh, is like uh, his name was Charlie Malata. And I don't remember. I don't know why I remember that. But Charlie winds up getting the gig, too. But uh, Charlie, you know, he's like the little kid with the thick glasses and the buck teeth who says in the film like this, this kid, you know, his, uh, 
it, my brother can fart the theme of Jaws for five bucks. It's, it, you know, it, it's five dollars. So he says to me, he goes, Danny, do you know where I'm from? And I said, England, but I hadn't said anything. So my voice cracks and chokes. I got <laughs> right. Like I sound like fucking Gollum. And he goes, uh, yeah, have you ever been there? And he doesn't know that I spent 27 performances doing a British accent in Oliver wow. and watching Monty Python. So I can do a good British accent at this point in my life. Yeah. And he does not expect it because he says, have you ever been there? I said, no, I haven't, but I've always wanted to go. <laughs> good and Beatles. He, yeah, yeah, I totally went into, yeah, well, Ringo, you know, nobody listens to me, so... You know, I love so it when you I do that. Spot on British accent back to him, and he just cracks the fuck up. Wow. And I get the Luigi death stare from the other kids in the room, like you, <laughs> fucking jerk. You just trumped everybody. Oh. How fucking dare you break the curve, right? I want this kid in my softcore pornography. Exactly. He's like, yeah, this kid's going to do it. So. I don't need a British accent on this film, but I, I entertained him and I made myself memorable, right? And that's all you want to do when you're right. a child actor. Make yourself memorable without making yourself obnoxious. You know, be remembered for the right reasons. The right reasons was I was quick and I was able, you know, I was, I was funny and I answered his question and okay, great. So, but I said, you know, dad, I, I got to say though, like that script was real. Like they're going to, they're looking for a fart boy. And at this point I was pretty, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel good about my weight, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm a chubby kid uh, I've got the, the wonky eye. I don't have a very high self-esteem. So I said, you know, dad, I would never say this, but I think if they actually offer me that job, I would turn it down. I just don't, hmm. I don't want to be the art boy. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm in high school now. They're brutal to us. <laughs> you know? Well, at, at this point, had you been recognized in school for any of your commercial performances? I guess yeah. the soup one specifically. Yeah, I, they, they knew about the, the, the Campbell Soup commercial. They did a little thing on me in the yearbook at the end of the year as like, is that, oh, we've got an actor in the school and he wants to be a chemist one day and all that stuff. Is, this, like, yeah, is yeah. this a negative or a positive experience for you then at it's, this point? It's a positive for okay. me. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not going around like, hi, maybe you've heard of me in my soup, you know, no, but no, no. so, you know, I'm known, mm -hmm. but then I said, you know, I just, mm, I see this one blowing back when it comes out. I had been watching a lot of cable. I'm like, what happens when it hits cable? And my dad's like, Ooh, you're right. Like a sexy erotic thriller is maybe not something that my son should be in, in any form. I'm like, right. Oh, so you only know the role. You don't know what kind of movie you're in yet. No, you're, not, you're... not really. So I, you know, we get back and we tell we actually told the manager, hey, and at this point I had shifted managers to a better manager. Mm -hmm. And she was, because the first guy was just like, I'm going to send you on everything because I want to make my cut. Mm -hmm. And the second manager actually remembered that she was dealing with a kid, you know, who had like thoughts and concerns and insecurities. Right. And so she would only send me on things that she thought I was actually a good fit for. And this one I was like, look, I hate to tell you this, but I, I really, I, I see that there's a downside to this down the road. So if they offer me, please just say no. And she said, you know what? I totally understand. And, you know, this is a day rate. This is not like a series. Okay. This is you're going to get like four hundred dollars for the day, which, you know, like I think I think the the day rate for a speaking part at the time was about five hundred bucks or three hundred and seventy five if you did not have a speaking role. Mm -hmm. So if you speak in a film automatically, you get a giant pay bump. Right. There's extra rate. There's player rate. And then there's featured player rate. And this may have changed in, in overtime. So, and, and, you know, my parents were, were involved at this point. They're like, right. we really appreciate you putting his health and wellness sort of above, you know, like mm -hmm. I wasn't a sheltered child, but they we all kind of felt like eh, this isn't worth the risk. 
You know, like, and if it makes him uncomfortable, he doesn't want to do it. It's cool. There will be other auditions. And she said there will be other auditions. No problem. So that happens. I get cast anyway. And I, (laughs) am I the fart boy? Am I the fart boy? No, they said, you're not the fart boy. I'm like, okay, so what? And and that's fine. That's fine. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, like I'll just be one of the kids in the gang. It's, it's a day like 350 bucks, right? 375 bucks, whatever it was going to be. So, um, okay, here's what you have to do. We're going to shoot one day on Coney Island. Fuck yeah. Uh, be here at this street corner in New York City. We've got a bus, and the bus is going to leave at 5 a.m. And you must be there at 5 a.m. to be on the bus to go to the shoot, and we will take care of everything else. We walk, we step out of the subway station, and there's a film crew shooting there. Wow. You got that's and, so and, and I just said, well, that's them. And he's like, what? No, that's not them. We don't know that that's them. You know, like there's think about how big New York is. So he walks me, goes, excuse me. Yeah. So he he shows up and and, and he just asks the guy, excuse me, is this is this the nine and a half week shoot? And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you are you guys are you guys cast? Are you looking? So he directs us to where we're going. We walk into the film crew. The film crew is shooting B-roll of like, you know, of like them running around and stuff. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're basically filler shots for the inevitable soundtrack, you know, montage thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we show up at the, at, hey, oh yeah, we wondered where you guys were. We missed you at the bus. Yeah. Sorry. We were late. We, we missed it, but we found you. That's great. You got plenty of time. Uh, have yourself some craft services. We got bagels. We got orange juice and, uh, you know, go into wardrobe. It's 80. So and, we have cocaine. Enjoy. And <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, you're 15. You can have a full line if you want. It's early. And, uh, so, so, uh, yeah, go to wardrobe. They're ready for you. So I go to wardrobe and, it becomes evident that I am the fart boy because they are playing with the trope of fat kids fart all the time. I am not only self-conscious about my weight at this point, but I am not fat enough for this part. Yeah. So they pad me. Oh, no. Yes, they oh. did. They pad me and they put me in like three heavy sweaters and then an overcoat over that. So, so, so that is, I just this is how you I, know you're being you're, you are now fart boy. Well, they said, said, well, it says here on the call list that you're, hey, it's our farting boy, says the casting director. (laughs) So, you know, and I'm like, "Um, I don't believe that's correct. They're like, no, you're down here as the fart boy, go get in the wardrobe. You know, I tell my dad, I'm like, they told me I'm the fart boy. I said, and he goes, we told him you didn't want to do it if you were the fart boy. I'm like, I know. And so I go to the other kid and this, this other kid who is legitimately fatter and bigger than me, taller as well. And he goes, Oh, you're the fart boy, huh? I'm like, no, I think you're the fart boy. He goes, well, I said I wasn't going to do it if they made me the fart boy. I said, well, that's what I said, too. Well, I told my manager I wasn't going to do the role. That's what I told my manager, too. The other shoe drops. I'm the fart boy. You know, I, I'm at this point, remember, I am a kid. Okay? I am 15. I am super, like, insecure about everything that I am and who I am at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I do what any kid would do. I start crying. Really? On the, I, on the I, set? I was just like... I, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And it oh, just no. like, this is the biggest mistake. And I am now committed to make it, even though I had in good conscience said, I don't want to make this mistake. So, so if you didn't, you, we said, I said this off mic. Dan has never told me the specifics of this, but I knew the story I have had never some told the full story publicly because <sighs> I can you, see you what... can understand how this, this is the kind of thing that defines a person when they don't want it to define them. So I don't normally open up with, yeah, I was in nine and a half weeks because it leads (laughs) to all of this trauma, right? 
So here's the best part. Remember, we're going to bring in another character again. Remember Adrian Lyne? First yeah. of all, Charlie Mulata is there. Yeah. So Charlie got the gig. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, I thought you were going to be the fart boy. I'm like, nice to see you again, nice, Charlie. Bud. You know, um, so Adrian Lyne, it gets, it gets through. One of the kids is upset. The kid that you want to do the farting said that he doesn't want to be the fart boy. And he's crying. Oh, my goodness. Danny, Danny, come here. Come here. So they pull me aside, and now I'm on the actual boardwalk of Coney Island, In where tears. we're going to be shooting this team, and I'm and I'm and I'm padded to high heaven. Oh my god! To, to look fatter and, so you can fart better, right? To look as fat as possible, oh and god. I am of course doing that thing that kids do when they cry and oh. they can't get their breath. And oh so god. you know, and again, I'm 15. Oh I'm a mess. God. I look 13. You know, but and so Adrian Line is like, Danny, I'm so sorry for the misunderstanding, but I really want you to to do this this part. Um, I I can't really tell you much about the film itself. It's a very adult <laughs> film, and at this point, the PAs that are with him oh. start cracking up because they know what film they're shooting, and oh. they realize how difficult this is for him to talk to me to get me on board to do the one non sexy thing in his erotic thriller. <laughs> And it's a fart joke. And he's like, Danny, oh. you have to trust me. It's the only funny part in the oh. whole bloody film. And I, I can't, and I'm not doing a good British accent now, no, but no, you know, uh, just not. trust me. He's like, but I, you know, like you, you're, you're very funny. You've got natural charisma and he's just pouring on the comedy. You really made me laugh in the audition. And that's all I want you to do here is, you know, can you do that? He is literally down on one knee. <laughs> he is now begging me. And the PA, you can fart in my mouth. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I'll suck your farts, <laughs> the, Danny. The PAs are dying because they're just like, oh my god, oh my god, you know. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Your flattery worked, you know. Like, what am I gonna do? Like at this point, I realize, like, if I don't do this, I'll never work in this town again, right? You yeah. fart, or you never work in this town again. And I realize, I'm like, you know what? Like, he is being honest with me. He is being a nice guy. I can do this. I'm a professional. I'll rise above it. I'm not happy, but I'll do it. And you know what? None of my friends are ever going to see this film. It's some sexy erotic thriller, apparently. So that's fine. <laughs> They're so not going to go shoot... through puberty in a couple of weeks, and I'm not going to be in right. school with yeah. them. Exactly. <laughs> so we shoot the scene. We shoot the scene maybe five or six times. We get five or six takes. Um, they introduce Mickey Rourke to the boys. Hey, guys, this is uh, Mickey Rourke. You're going to be working with him today. He's smoking. And he's sitting, he's leaning up against the, 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 and he goes, hey, how's it going? And he gives and one cigarette. And the, and the, yeah. Hey, how's it going? How's it and then going? just back to the cigarette. We never even meet Kim Basinger. Really? We never even meet Kim. Huh. Um, just the Pope of Grunge Village, huh? Right, yeah. So we, so, and, and that's all he does. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? So the scene in question is, you know, the two lovebirds are walking down the, this, the, uh, the boardwalk and they, she's got balloons and, uh, you know, they're kissing and loving and you know, stuff. And the kids approach them and say, excuse me, sir, do you like music? And the script, I believe, was like, do I like music? Of course I like music. Mickey works delirious. <laughs> do I like music? Of course what I like music. Hey, hey, what's this? Oh, yo, Charlie, do I like Rodney. music? Tell me that Charlie like music. Yeah, uh. it's almost Rodney Dangerfield. And it's, of course I like music. Hey, who doesn't like music? Hey, tell this you. guy over here, music. Yeah, look at this guy over here. <laughs> yeah. so, so my brother, he can fart the theme of Jaws. It's $5. And so, again, like, we're just like a group of kids, you know, and you can tell it's a shakedown. And she's like, you know, oh, no, I'll give him the, give him the money. And so Kim Basinger realizes she doesn't have a line in this. <laughs> so she says, wait, wh who is it that can do this? And so I ad lib 
Uh, I do, but we need the money first. <laughs> so totally, I I didn't have a line. Now, I'm a featured player. Yes, that's now, in, the, if, that's if in the movie. If you're going to make me fart, I'm going from 375 to 500, motherfuckers. Oh, cool. So that's it. We do the scene. We do it a couple of times. He gives us money. One of the times, Mickey Rourke slipped us a 20. The kids ran to the arcade and fucking spent Mickey Rourke's $20. I was not among them, but one of the times he's like, hey, what happened to that 20 I gave you kids? Give me that 20 back. And the kids had stolen his money. <laughs> so that's kind of awesome. So wow. that's that's you know, so that happens. It's all good. I do it, and I figure like this is never gonna come back again, right? Nobody's ever gonna know shit. Uh, sir, sir, do you like music? Do I like music? I like me. Look at these guys. <laughs> Who wants to know? My brother, he can fart the theme to Jaws. He's really amazing. Wait a minute. Can what? He can fart the theme to Jaws. It's $5. It's $5? It's $5. I can go out and buy the record. <laughs> it's too much. Oh, what about a buck? Yeah, yeah, take you can do this for a buck? Huh? All right, you go ahead and do it, and then I'll give you the buck. Who can do it? I can't, but we need the money first. I'll tell you what. You hold the money. Yeah. Go ahead, hurry up, do it. Look at him, he looks like he's gonna take off. That's it. That's it. That's it. What about no 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 dun 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 He only does the first couple of bars. Oh no no, give me the money back. Give me the money back. So you, so it was like you walk away from nine and a half weeks. The set of nine and a half weeks with, with a pleasant experience. Like that was, and I'm just like, that was terrible. I didn't want to do it. I still kind of wish I hadn't done it. But you know what? I'm going to get paid. I did it. I rose I to the better. occasion. So you know, years go by. The movie comes back, comes out. It comes out in theaters. It was like what, 1982 or 1983? Because we shot it on I think 81, 81, 82. Uh, so it comes no, I out. I think it's like 80. Hold on, let me check. It is a disaster. It is a disaster. Nine and a half weeks actually played in my local theater for two weeks. Like it didn't even make its namesake run. I didn't even get a chance to get snuck in to see the film. Wow. Because my parents were thinking like, we should take you to see the movie, even though you, you understand it's, it's oh apparently God. a really sexy movie. I'm like, no, I get it. But, you know, I kind of want to <laughs> see I should watch it. this with my parents. I yeah, should. exactly. If you're going to watch sex. Please watch it with your parents. A whole movie based based around the Terminator One love scene. That's sorry. That's one of my (laughs) early uncomfortable moments with my father. It's true. It does not stop. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like (laughs) there's honey, there's strawberries. It does not stop. That's one of the things I wanted to know because, like, so it was your first movie. You hadn't had the experience with your family, like going to see a movie in the theater together yet. So why wouldn't you go? Right. Yeah. So my my aunt who lives out in in very prurient Indiana, I believe the name of the town is actually prurient Indiana, but she goes and she sees the movie and she said, we saw your name show up in the credits. And I stood up in the theater and I said, that's my nephew. And I don't talk to her anymore. (laughs) Um, uh, So, you know, so I never even got a chance to see it. It comes out on cable six months later, nine months later. And I just go, Oh, this is what I was afraid of. Like, I hope nothing happens, you know, like, but what are the chances that my friends are going to see it now on my resume? We had actually made a typo that we decided to leave. We credited as Dan Amrick fat boy, (laughs) which is not better. (laughs) 
Unless the alternate is Fart Boy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I, I, that's I thought so. I, so, oh, go ahead. I'm junior sorry. year, junior year. I am walking down the hallway in a Catholic high school. My life is in shambles. I have cystic acne, okay? So that's the kind of acne that Bill Murray has that right. never goes away. My my face looks like the, the surface of Mars. Yeah, uh, I, I am no longer the cute kid from the soup commercial. I did not win the popularity contest that was student government. I am not on student government. I am desperately trying to find out who I am because I'm going through the standard thing you go through at age 15 or 16 where you... You start to define yourself by your likes and by your knowledge and what you want to do and what you think you know, and you don't really know who you are. And I'm just walking down the hallway, minding my own business, and one of the jocks shouts, Hey, fart boy! At the top oh, no. of his lungs in a Catholic school, and I freeze, and oh, no. everybody turns and looks, and it becomes apparent to me that everybody has seen nine and a half weeks except me. Isn't, isn't this they like... they all know <laughs> that I'm the fart boy. Uh, thank you, Dan, so much. I feel like we've all grown. That is one of the funniest recordings I've ever been involved in. I cannot recommend listening to it on patreon.com slash laser time. It is, it is long, and you're going to have a break in the podcast. Um, back to erotic thrillers. Oh, I don't know. It's th it's a thrilling movie. I think there's there's okay. an element of danger throughout the movie that kind of okay. um, I guess comes to a head when the relationship ends. Okay. So okay. it's not there's I don't think it's a there's not a murder. There's not no a no. I, I more brought it up because like it is a genuine expression of sexuality mm -hmm. from Mickey Rourke and Adrian. It made us like Kim Basinger a household name for the next ten years. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And and but like. After this, these two people will virtually define the erotic thriller for the next like yeah. ten years, or the next the next five years. No, yeah, no, they yeah, will. They, like, because uh, like Wild Orchid. What year was that? Like, uh, I got a little clip of that trailer. Uh, is that a, is this a thriller? From the creators of Nine and a Half Weeks comes the most eagerly awaited film of the year. Enter a world of desperate love. And stunning sensuality. <laughs> it's just these are things Yikes. you never get promised in a movie anymore. This movie, hella sensual. Oh yeah. Um, can I ask? Like, is nine and a half weeks? Is that the movie with like the food from yes. the fridge yeah. or whatever? Yes. That is the basis for the love scene and Hot, Hot Shots. Too. That's right. Charlie yes, King. it's a parody yes. scene. Hot of Shots too. Yeah. Maybe the thrilling. The one, the maybe one. the thrilling part of Nine and a Half Weeks is whether or not that lady's going to get a yeast infection from all that food <laughs> being on her I naked know. body. Yikes. I, and again, that in real sex led me to believe like all women want to fuck around with it's, food. And it's like, so nope. funny. I, having having experienced a limited amount of food play, I can say it is the tamest and the dumbest of all the kinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I don't know. It's just not for me. It's not for I, me. No, I get it. I but know. like, I, I had a um, I had a, a a person I was hooking up with recently want to put whipped cream on my body, and I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, you like, fucking rube. I, I was just like, okay, all right, all right, junior. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your Weeblos badge. Put whip, lick the whipped cream off me. That's great. Well, there better be some sort of wipe afterwards, because then you're just gonna be sticky. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. That's what I don't like about. It. I mean, just let me eat my Clean food up. at a table yeah. like an American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah uh, no. 
What about sugar free? Would that be a? No, I mean, it's just it was. I mean, I'm a vegan too. I was like, is it dairy? Uh, Are you gonna put dairy on me? Uh, eat this Satan off me. Yeah, it just. I don't know. I can understand. I can see. I can see it being a fun thing that everybody should try once. But like, I, I don't think it's for me. It, it will. It would never be a regular thing. <laughs> um, but certainly in terms of this film, like something people had never seen on screen before, and like yeah. it was it was shocking to a lot of people, and, and in a good way because like it brought people to theaters. And I, I do want to say there's something about this movie and other and other erotic thrillers that that um that are on the list and and in general where uh there's like a there's a recurring theme of like a professional woman who's like kind of uptight and like gets loosened up by like this really sexy guy and so the notion Mm -hmm. that that there's like this duality in women that like if you're a career woman like you don't fuck because mm-hmm, like you're too mm-hmm. busy, you're too uptight, you're too you're too serious about your job mm-hmm. or something. It's very mm-hmm. common and you it's so re- fucking stupid. You need to relax. And get well, your group back. Yeah. but it, <laughs> it does bear out though, like in studies that uh, people who like very professional people, you know, people who are very high powered often um, are the ones who more are more likely to engage in power play for that reason is that like you know if you have to deal with a bunch of shit like in your life you're more likely to deal with like you're you're more likely to want to engage in some sort of power play in your sexual life because it is a form of letting go in like a controlled environment oh yeah Um, so it does play out for sure in real life like in studies that they've done for this sort of stuff which makes these movies like an interesting reflection of like uh, mm. the the new like idea of womanhood that was coming up with the second wave coming into third wave feminism of like the 80s and 90s like career woman you know like yeah. she just needs to be loosened up a little bit you know that sort of idea but that kind of does play out a little bit in real life like yeah I guess what I mean is um you know the I, I think it's and maybe I'm remembering the movie wrong, but I think in Nine and a Half Weeks, she kind of stumbles into this sexual relationship with somebody mm. who has more of like a mentor role for her, even though they're relatively the same age. And that does, mm-hmm. no, and that does happen a lot um, when men are in control of, of movies like depicting women's sexuality, where it's like, where the woman is like, oh God, I didn't even know like that this could be a thing. And I, uh, I just feel like you're absolutely right. But like, I do think it's more deliberate on the part of the woman. In real yeah. life, does that make sense? No, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, the other thing I wanted to, to ask you, and I mean, I, I have my assumptions, but well, I can't uh, speak for you know other. No, people, no, no. But, but if if you had to guess, like who who is paying to see these movies in the theater more, men or women? Oh, probably. I mean, honestly, this is probably a movie that couples saw. This is a date movie, right. I think. Right, um, but I just I, the, the irony of like women flocking to this these movies about sexuality made by men. Mm-hmm. And well, that's yeah. because they no. they didn't have an option. There wasn't yeah, an there option. There's not another option. Yeah. Exactly. Which, which like, is, women is, were yeah. not buying Playboys or Playgirls or going into Greg's videos porn <laughs> den, really. Like, yeah. uh, Don't remember or, everything I say, Sarah. Oh I hate God. that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, um, yeah, it's, yeah, and I, I think, too, it's like, it's, I'm, it's not that I'm not interested in something like pornography. It's mm-hmm. just that, like, the, the pornography is so dominated by men that, like when I go on a pornography, <laughs> yeah, is that what it's called? Hell gaze? No, no, the gaze, blah blah blah. It's a film term. It, it's done from a male gaze. Yeah, right. No, yeah. Gaze. I thought you yeah. said. I thought you said hell gaze. No, no. And I was like, yeah, hell-gaze. that's what it, I was like. That's exactly what it feels s- like when I look at porn online. Mm. It's hell gaze. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's it. It's a synonym for the male gaze. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that that is definitely like these. 
I do think women are probably the primary drivers of going to see these movies. I, I would have yeah. assumed they were the target audience, to be honest. Maybe, yeah, that could be. And, I mean, even as, I a, as a guy then and now, like, well, there's a Freddy movie playing. I don't fucking care about <laughs> body heat. Like, really, at the same time, I love thrillers, but they don't mm. need to be erotic. I just love thriller movies. Mm. And I, yeah, I just like I a enjoy puzzle. them personally, <laughs> and I think they're good, like, date movies, too. Yeah. Yes, I mean, absolutely. You know, something for the guys and the gals. No, I don't even mean it like that. I think it's, they're appealing to everybody. I watched um, all of the, I'm saying this from my, from my perspective. Like I watched all these movies point. jowled in a beanbag, my chin and my chest and with whatever. Yeah, yeah Sarah's oh. wincing appropriately. When you say jowled in a beanbag, that's your that's what you... <laughs> uh, I'm leaning out like on a beanbag. Don't want anybody to see me that's, from the window. That's what, um, when you say jowled in a beanbag, that's your, that's, that's your, that's our cue to think of you masturbating. <laughs> just want to make sure, just want to be You're clear just, what we're talking dog about. Fucking I mean, yeah, I mean, just like if, so when you, so when you pull uh, your, so when you, pull, <laughs> so when you pull your chin oh, all the way God. into your chest. <laughs> What yeah. I should think of is you I'm, I'm either warding okay, off predators checking. or warding off predators. They'll never take they'll never take me by the chin. <laughs> uh, but but again, but when, wait to the point though. When, when I said that, earlier like, that is... like I think this might have warped our concepts of sexuality, given that it was kind of all we had access to before we could legally buy porn or swipe right. Yeah, the, the idea that like. Men are defining women's sexuality through these movies exclusively yeah. if, if you're of, of a certain age. And it always has a touch of like murder and horror and trauma in it. Also, and, because of, because in any movie, a sex scene can't take 45 minutes. It's true. Then but, but, like I, if a woman comes in a, in a, in like a Hollywood movie, like it happens within like, you know, 30 to 45 seconds in. And like, I had a thought. A, though. It's a terrible precedent. I had a thought though. Cause like, um, Sarah and I were talking off mic, like, what are some modern examples of movies with any eroticism in them? And and you you among others, you said, "Call me by your name." Like, duh, uh, cis straight dude didn't even fucking think of that movie. That is a movie all about and blue is the warmest color. Yeah, yeah, I, I've not seen that one, but I saw. But I, I was just I was talking to my girlfriend, like, yeah, imagine if Lost in Translation had sex in it. Like, would that movie be? It's interesting that it doesn't. But like it if, actually does, just not on screen. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, the, if the two main characters were also having sex and more no. age appropriate, hold on. Yeah, but I think yes. like lar- the larger point is like the sex scene has, for the most part, been removed gone. from movies. It's gone. Yeah. Where it was like guaranteed in, especially in a lot of those movies of that era. But you just you don't really see it that often. It still happens right. here and there, but it's, well, it's not really a thing that much anymore. And we've talked about like the reasoning for that because like, you know, porn has taken precedence and people can find it on the internet too. But I also think that like the other side of that is the existence of things like Mr. Skin. I think mm. people are more likely actresses Oof. specifically are less likely to take roles maybe where there would be, you know, experience, exposing body parts or you know in a sensitive position knowing that like that clip is going to be cut out of context and then cataloged forever like and not to mention too like i mean what's the point at that point like if you're going to decontextualize a sex scene that really (laughs) that would 100 percent discourage me from doing anything like that i just wanted to work with lars von trier (laughs) (laughs) nobody cares if the transformers actually fucked yeah but there's there's still a lot of sex in uh or there isn't Mm. still there is now a lot of sex in tv shows because Mm -hmm. streaming tv shows don't necessarily have to 
Yeah, that, um, I, I, I had that as a note. I only see sex scenes in streaming stuff if it's comedic. There's Not never. Well, first of all, there's Game of Thrones, and I don't want to get too deep into that. Uh, also, yeah, right. normal. Yeah, I don't want to talk yeah. about Game of Thrones. I don't want to. So, mainly rape rapes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, normal people is chef's kiss. Like, mm-hmm. it's basic. It's what you're talking about, what yeah. you're looking for, honestly. And oh, it's on Hulu. So. Is that the, is that the Irish? Yeah, oh God, yeah, that's really good. That show it's is so good. That's it's so 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 good. It's exactly yeah, the yeah. kind of sex that you wanted to have as a teenager, <laughs> but we're not having. Well, don't speak oh, the same. Hundred percent. <laughs> it was oh, like 100%. it was so. It was really really well. It was very sensitive and very like yes. and very affectionate and very like you know essential to the story and very 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 hot. Huh. Yeah. I, and that's yeah, that's so the exact good. question I was at. like. Yeah. Does this exist? in any other it's, it's uh, on tv now it's just not you know maybe it doesn't also is part of the problem too just like i don't know that much about like what you can show in movies like in right. china but right. because so many american movies mm. need to like right. cover their asses by screening in other countries as long as you have a chinese butt well um, thank i don't i just don't God. know because you know i think i think they just rely on international markets so much now that maybe right. that's part of it but and, like and, that, i'm and honestly just guessing the, I no know. i was i was reading about the yeah. international market because another reason the erotic thriller died is because it was very adaptable to straight to hbo made for video yeah. movies mm-hmm. which in the international market like they call those movies just movies yeah. they screen in theaters they're not lewd or weird or yeah. there's there's no taint in them at all they just they go to movie theaters here they air on hbo they but, premiere on hbo at 12 o'clock and in england they're in movie theaters but the reason we're mm. not seeing them anymore is be, like thank goodness at least we have like a catalog of ones to talk about and the next one i think we're going to talk about is one that i think a lot of people saw on hbo right babe like uh the color of night that was like um, a big yeah, hbo yeah. one it, it, it's all we want to go chronological. Yeah, Just go to that next one. Because uh, I, I was going to get well, Wild Orchid. You didn't tell me anything about Wild Orchid. Oh, but is it, we can do Color of Night first. Let's and do that one. We'll do Color of Night. But uh, Mickey Rourke, if you remember why Lisa Bonet was kicked off the Cosby Show, it was because she did Angel Heart with Mickey Rourke, yes. an erotic thriller with De Niro, mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke, and had a very frank sex scene. And Bill Cosby, master of morality. Mm. said he will not be on the show anymore her career is like he almost destroyed this woman's career on the basis of, of an erotic thriller and but yeah if we, the color, we're jumping ahead to color of night because color of night i wanted to save it for a little later but i don't know how much longer any of us want to talk about this topic but no, um, no, let's, but, but no, color, no, i still have a ton of movies movie. i gotta get Col- through color of night we haven't even hit the classics yet color of night is is hollywood sort of getting the message and like well erotic thrillers are big and you'll make a ton of money in the international market hbo will license this forever Mm -hmm. and it like and put it in its its 10 o'clock rotation some some very recognizable people like a potential a-list person like bruce willis into it let's pump some real money into it and see what happens how could it work but if you remember here bruce willis was on his Hudson Hawk, I haven't been in Pulp Fiction and Nobody's Fool yet. And yeah. he, he's true. on, he's an affordable big name movie star. And this movie, when it came to theaters, was NC 17, the old X. This mm-hmm. is an X rated movie. Wow. This is 1994. Go ahead and play the trailer. Today I'd like to focus on a most enlightening and challenging topic sex. More or less. I know what kind of a force group can become in your lives. You tell things here. Intimate things. In the heat of passion. Why would you be ashamed of being a shrink? Who told you I was a shrink? 
Dr. Bill Kappa is about to learn things he never knew. You're trying to play it safe, trying to see me as a case instead of as a female. About human desires. <laughs> One of my patients was killed last night. See, I thought this was going to be my ace in the hole, and all of you knew about this movie. Is that that? Jane oh, yeah, March? Totally. Who? Who is that? The woman? I don't know. Yeah. Jane March? Yeah. I don't think Jane that's... March, I don't know a lot about her. Is that who but... it is, though? That is the young woman, uh, the young co-star in that movie. Um, I don't know a lot about her, but I think she, at least prior to that, was known for playing these like sexier roles. She was in um, The Lover when she was a very young teenager. Lover. The Lover, which is about a young teenage girl who takes an older man as a lover. Ugh. It's gross. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's Jane March. Well, babe, what yeah. is this movie about? Because we watched it together like a while so, ago, but I just can't remember. This, is, this is a notorious like allow me, uh, oh, uh, expert in Color of Night, who I've seen <laughs> this movie because it was so ridiculously bad, but amusingly bad. Um, the gist of uh, the gist of it is is that Bruce Willis is a um, psychiatrist. He has a patient that he's like uh, unable to help. And she's just like uh, very suicidal and like in the midst of a session jumps out of his like 8,000th floor window of his office. You know, a psychiatry office. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it takes her like five hours to fall to the street. (laughs) Hot sucker proxy style. She's scooting people out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, the trauma to him is so bad that seeing her like bloodied body on the street causes him to like lose his it makes basically makes him colorblind where the the color red appears like gray anyway so to like rehab himself he goes to um hang out with his like um ex psychology school um friend who they had this competitive relationship with uh out in LA or something like that and then he gets there and then his friend gets murdered by one of his patients and he's got this like very volatile group therapy group um that bruce willis ends up taking over and you know one of these people in the group is the killer <gasps> what look to your left and look and to your right in all of this um bruce willis meets the very young jane march and they you know uh, strike up a sexual thing, and then it just kind of goes from there. But people are still dying. It's very, very wow. bad, and also <laughs> very erotic. And it's from '94, and it's the most '94 thing you've ever seen in your oh life. Oh my god, that's fantastic! And but but a huge bomb and like a scandal. And I think if not for yeah. certain, like Bruce Bruce Willis is done as in this business. How and that's old was she when they shot this? Like 18, 19. <sighs> I, I would have to look it up. I think she, um, I mean, looks younger than she is. Um, she I, I do not think any young. laws were violated. Oh, no, no, I'm, no. I'm, pretty, I'm sure she was a legal adult, but she, you know, I don't think she was like, oh, I just turned 18. Let's put me in a movie. I think she's older no, that's, than that. She that's, just looks yeah. pretty young. She's 1973. Someone help me with the Nin- math here. She's she's, she's 21. 21. 21. Yeah, she's okay. fine. It's uh, fine. <laughs> well, 21 when the movie came out. <laughs> 21 when the movie um, came out. So, so, and Bruce Willis by then was definitely over 40. So, 
Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was he was born over forty. Well, judging by his underwater dick, which yeah. is no, I think it's <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning when Literally there's a giant age dick. difference Sorry. between the woman and the man in a movie because of how often it happens in Hollywood. Yeah, that's why that's why I forget. I think most people forgot to mention it back then because it was just the formula. Yeah. Well, you know when mm-hmm. Emma Thompson made. Um, uh, Sense and Sensibility, uh, not an erotic thriller. <laughs> she cast uh, she cast Hugh Grant, and 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 audiences were were uh, confused as to why their um, they were like uh, he was her love interest because he was seemed so young, but they were like literally the same age, <laughs> literally the same age. Yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. What I love about Color of Night is it's what I call a shit watch. And <laughs> it's my favorite sort of movie where um, a movie fails so miserably, but you can tell that the people that made it took it so seriously Mm. and failed so miserably. And that is exactly what this movie is. Mm -hmm. But there's like a ton of sex in it. There's like horrible inaccuracies on, I think, on how like mental health works. (laughs) Yes, how in in general mental health works, um, multiple personality, um, excuse me, multiple personality disorders. there's a scene in it um, that the hard-nosed cop adversary to Bruce Willis, um, I forget who that's played by. Is it Ruben Blades or something like that? But uh, he's having an argument with yes. Bruce Willis, and he's like wants him to talk about his patients. And he's like, no, I have an oath as a psychiatrist, like a medical oath, similar to the Miranda oath, which you must know what that is. And I'm like, what? That's not a fucking thing. The Miranda oath. That's, I do no solemnly swear to read oath. them their cops rights. Swear, yeah, cops do not swear an oath. Like I, Officer Sean O'Flannery, of law enforcement, out of a suspect, of law enforcement. You know, that, that's not a thing. It's not an oath. Yeah, they. I mean, they do swear an oath to the Constitution, but it's not like to the Constitution. Yeah, but the you know, extract a confession against somebody's constitutional rights. Yeah, but the Miranda do solemnly swear to kick the shit out of the fireman at every single soccer picnic in this great area. Fucking firefighters. That's a real line in the movie. And I I even remember seeing that as a teenager. I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. I, somehow I know that's not a thing, and it's not a thing. It's no. Completely... I think no. it's, it's something River did in Serenity. got through standards and practices, I don't know, because maybe they didn't exist. You can laugh out loud. <laughs> I do like that. That was a good, that was a good Serenity a reference. Good Serenity joke from Miranda. Miranda. Well, um. I mean, I think like we've really we've gotten a, pretty far into this episode without talking about the holy trinity of oh, uh, erotic thrillers. Oh, I feel like I know where me, we're going. I'll just go ahead and name them because we have to talk about them. Here, let me let me get, let me. I got you, I got your intro here, Sarah, because this is part of the Adrian Lynn trilogy, which who should get the credit for ushering in this entire genre because it was like three movies in a row, mm-hmm. and it's it's they're all very similar. Wait a minute. Are we naming? Are we naming the same Holy Trinity? Well, hold on. Let me let me let me get you. I know you like this one because I've talked to you about it. Uh, Call the police. Whatever resentment she's feeling, she's probably got it out of her system. Ah! What if she didn't get it out of her system? What then? Ah! Fatal attraction. I guess he thought you'd get away with it. Well, it's the same director for nine and a half weeks. Wild Orchid and Fatal Attraction. Oh, is it? Yes. Like, I, I didn't Fatal? know that. Fatal Wait, Attraction. Is that Zalman King? Huh? Is it Zalman King? No, it's no. Adrian Lin. Adrian Lin. Adrian oh, Lin. Oh, okay. Sorry, you did say that. My bad. Yeah. Zalman King, I think, is Red Shoe Diaries guy. Yeah, yeah. Is I he? thought you directed 
had some part in those other movies. It sounds Don't like mind. a Saudi we'll prince. <laughs> no, Fatal Attraction is perfect. It's just such a, it's just a, it's the perfect distillation of this genre. Even more than I think, I think other people could argue that Basic Instinct is also a great distillation of the genre. I think Basic Instinct is a little too um, fantastical in a way. Like, I don't know. There are parts of it that are just so wild. It doesn't quite hit the thriller Mm-hmm. like beat that i want it to where like it could this could happen to you if your life was sexy enough you know like that's kind of what you want from your erotic thriller you're like yeah. you're living your regular life but it was if it's a tad bit sexier it could be like this and that's what we get with fatal attraction one of my all-time honestly one of my all-time favorite movies like everybody is doing the most and the best and like <laughs> michael michael douglas i'm sorry i know we're gonna disagree on this honey but it's okay he is and has always been a smoke show wow one of the hottest wow. dudes in hollywood ever Yikes. forevermore even now and like i bet he has he a medium dick at best <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bet he's working with four inches or less. Why do you say that? Because he's built like a I scarecrow with a mullet. And like... <laughs> don't matter. Yeah. He's I don't know. Catherine. I don't know what kind of recessive white jeans made his chin like that. But uh... <laughs> perhaps. But he's I'm, I'm sorry. I think I believe that Viagra was made by extracting his blood. Yes. No. Listen. I, I think I'm in the minority. I think that most. You know, there's a reason why he is. Well, I mean, it's nepotism is the first reason, but there the second go. reason is you know most a lot of people find him. Yeah, Kirk Douglas is his father. A lot of mm-hmm. people find him handsome. I, I yeah. accept that most people that a lot of people 100%. find him handsome. And uh, what He's I like a... most about him is that he blamed his wife's saying... vagina for giving him throat cancer. Oh God! Yes, because he, <laughs> he is taking care of his wife and her needs, and I am that. <laughs> it's the silliest thing that's happened in my lifetime with that guy. Unbelievable! A historically and I silly man. Always bring it up. And... <laughs> <laughs> but Michael, he's I, on the Mount Rushmore of erotic thrillers. He's... But there's also something oh. about this, like as a revenge fantasy, mm-hmm. that like I can get on board with. Okay, like what if somebody ghosts you and you ruin yes. their life? How fun is that? Yeah, you're How not worried fun. about that. No, no, no. I'm not. Well, first, no, I'm not worried about that no. because guess what? I don't do to people. What? Ghost them. Okay. Yeah. But you're not worried about like infiltrating like, someone else's relationship your, and your bunny getting boiled. <laughs> No, don't put don't boil it. Oh my god! You know it's funny because I have a six pound Chihuahua at home. No, very easy to boil. No, don't boil Chihuahuas. I don't want. I (laughs) I know I don't want to show if anybody boils. Listen, that's my infant daughter. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. (laughs) But But, uh, if you don't know what Fatal Attraction is about, like y'all, it's it's been a while. But it's a a guy who cheats on his wife. Yeah, yeah, and it's going close. Mm -hmm. And this is like this is like an this is like a very strong morality tale too. Like there's there's an element of where to it where it's like where he's getting what what he he has coming Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. very common in movies like this which is Mm -hmm. weird because they they want to titillate you and they also want to take it away yeah (laughs) they want to dangle the sexual carrot in front of your face like you never should have wanted this this hot 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 and steamy Mm -hmm. now she's gonna fucking murder your wife look what you did yeah boil his (laughs) rabbit yeah so Uh, sad yeah i mean i don't love that this gave a language to uh people mainly horrible men to talk about quote unquote crazy women Mm -hmm. it's just like you know women you've treated badly i don't love that part of it Mm. but that being said this movie is so good (laughs) and it's 1987 to the hilt and it is campy 
and it is campier. Yeah, that's my favorite part I about think, it. Yeah, it's so campy, which I love so much. I mean, everybody's doing the most in this film. I mean, I Will Not Be Ignored is one of the most iconic lines in film ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of the perfect distillation of this genre. I think <laughs> better than Basic Instinct, better than uh, Disclosure, which we also are going to talk about, which is the holy triumvirate of uh michael douglas yeah. movies as well stony douglas so your so your 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 triumvirate is all michael douglas movies so it's uh with with uh, the sharon stone in there it's, yeah no mm-hmm. but yes i mean michael I douglas if you look if you look of, this is his if deal you look at how much like, i wasn't asking you chris shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you if you look at how much this movie and basic instinct they made the most money. Oh, yeah. Like the most people yeah. saw these movies. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you're, so your Holy about... Trinity is this movie, Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct, and Disclosure? Mm-hmm. Is that... Disclosure. And then, I mean, if we want to talk about Michael Douglas, also he's got Do a perfect we... murder. <laughs> you don't want to even want to talk about Indecent Proposal. I mean... <laughs> he's not in that. No, he's not in that. No, but uh, what's her name that. is? Demi Moore. Um, Demi yeah. Moore. Demi and, Moore. And um, oh, Redford oh. and Harrelson, yes. Robert Redford and Woody Harrelson. Literally nobody we've talked about yet, but okay. Uh, no. She's in Disclosure. Demi Moore. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. My joke is invalid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's totally invalid. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, no, yeah. Uh, I do. Fatal Attraction, like I would watch any time it was on. Yeah. Because every moment of it is compelling and fun. Glenn Close is iconic exactly. in mm-hmm. the movie. And I think that, that, that it, it, it is definitely the movie that solidified her as a gay icon for sure yes. it's that it's really? that movie yes. and nothing else absolutely but also mm. as like a like her her appearance in that film is fucking iconic she has like this she has you know that that curly 80s perm thing looks so bad <laughs> yeah. on everyone yeah and yeah. It, and it looks timeless on her i would yeah. do that to my hair tomorrow she is she is the moment. I mean, it, if you like look at her in Fatal Attraction mm-hmm. and then you go back a little bit, look at her in The Big Chill. Like yeah. she's a gay icon in every single like step of her career, mm-hmm. honestly, because yeah. you've got her crying in the shower in Big Chill. Then you've got her boiling a buddy in Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Then you've got her uh, cross-dressing as Albert Knobs. And then you've got it's her like uh, being a boss ass bitch in uh, damages. damages. So oh, yeah, I don't know what also, more you want from yeah, this Big Mackey's boss. You Samuel skipped, Park, you you skipped her. It. You skipped her um, in a powdered wig having sex with Keanu Reeves in in uh, in uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Oh God, girl, I, was, I yeah. can't yeah. believe I forgot that. Of course, yeah. yeah. Pins and needles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn Close banging I'm Keanu saying, Reeves. You know, like the quintessential quotable gay icon. Is that moment where she's like, "I will not be ignored." Like I that's her John, like Joan Crawford moment. Like that's her. Huh. That's like that's the the, the yeah. peak. It, it, the this peak. movie's camp. It, yeah, and it, it, it's camp. And uh, in terms of like the thing, the thing I'm always after is uh, the movie that's the most evocative of, of its era. And for the entire '80s, I could argue Fatal Attraction is one of my. Fa- it, I, I saw. I never saw the Family Guy parody like right before this, and it sets up so great. It's like, uh, where's the line of the bathroom? And it's like right there. And he just ducks out of frame and snorts his way to the bathroom. <laughs> like this is so, such an 80s movie. Mm. It is the one mm-hmm. of the most 80s movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I know what it, it is. It truly is. It's, it's at the same time, it's just like it really does kind of lend to what a good actor Glenn Close is. Do you remember mm. even like in The Shield, Shield. she was like the boss yeah. for a whole season and just like – she just kind of like showed up out of nowhere and was like totally believable. Yeah, couldn't be steamrolled. It was, it was like was 
she just no. fucking killed it. Yeah, like she, the entire time she, she was there. She chews even though the she shit knew out she was going in for like a one season stint, and yeah. it was great. Yeah, no, she's it, she's able to live in reality in the most insane circumstances and make everything believable. Hundred huh. yeah. percent. She's one hundred agree. Yeah, I, I'm thinking now. I have not heard Glenn Close on a podcast before. I would lo- love to. To talk, hear her talk about her life for an hour because her I, WTF I, time is, should be coming up oh, soon. Oh wow! Hopefully, got to think right. He's got to get around to her eventually. I mean, yeah. if if she's talking, because like she doesn't do, really do talk she doesn't shows. Have to. I know she doesn't have to, but yeah. like she oh, also everybody's might... everybody's everybody's uh, stretching into the podcast realm in the pandemic. We'll get there because it's like so, listen, if COVID doesn't get her, Mark Maron will. <laughs> I wish I would have said that. She's probably she's probably been vaccinated. She's old and rich. Right. Right. She's got two things. She's got two both things going for her. You need to get vaccinated early. But just when it comes to Glenn Close, it wouldn't surprise me if like you could tell me anything about him, like, what? Really? She fucks alligators. Yeah. Like I, 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 I. Oh, you should look at her Instagram. It's deranged. <laughs> She's, what? I can't wait. I can't wait. What? It never occurred to me. I'm going home and doing that all but night. I do. I do think we should move on to the next movie. Oh sure. sure. Oh, oh yeah. When can we do Wild Orchid? Oh, Wild Orchid is part of the Adrian Lynn trilogy. Got it. Got um, it. Okay. Uh, what was Wild? It was like set in Carnival. Yeah, it's in Rio. Rio. Mm-hmm. During Carnival. I think so. Yeah. You know, I tried to watch it in preparation for this um, for this uh, podcast experience, and I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Yeah, it's it's it made by a company a that's out of business, um, and... and it makes sense because I think if <laughs> I think honestly, it's like the song of the South <laughs> in terms of like what's acceptable anymore. Oh no! No, it's it's hugely it's it's a it's an it's a misogynistic, colonialistic, racist movie yeah oh it's oh i forgot about all the rio stuff and like you know rio isn't there to like be rio there's no brazilians there to be real they're all like this allegorical representation Mm -hmm. of a young white lady's sexuality (laughs) it's like it's pretty bad um but i just remember it and i brought it up because it was one of those movies that was on cable um forever after mm. um after it was in the theaters and i i saw it in, on, in cable and i guess it came out in 89 yeah 89 so i but probably it could, have been, it could have been out like a year or two earlier overseas yeah. so i probably saw it on cable in like 90 or 91 mm-hmm. when i was like 12 and i i remember i spent a weekend visiting a friend of mine and um when I, when their parents would go to bed we would watch it and we watched it every night and I saw it like six times, like during this, like it came on, it just came on so many times and we watched it every time it came on because it was so fucking horny. And we were like, we'd never seen anything like it. Wild Orchid. Wild Orchid. Is it, um, what's it, what's kind of the story here? So the story is this, um, this high powered young lawyer, real up and comer, real go getter, uh, real uptight young lady goes to Brazil to close a real estate deal. <laughs> And this eccentric millionaire, played by Mickey Rourke, is there and, like, he opens her mind sexually to, like, all kinds of experiences. And, um... You ever fucked with a cherry in your belly button? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I... There's, like, you know, there's, like, elements of danger and all that other shit. And, like, I don't... And I wish I could tell you more about what happens in this movie, but mm. I literally could not find a place to watch it. Yeah. Um, well... 
I mean, talking about like movies that have like thrilling elements, but are not like mm, life and death are not involved, but maybe they still like go with the erotic thriller there theme. very well I could think... have been a murder and i just don't remember it honestly <laughs> well i feel like one of the best one of the best examples of that is disclosure which like we were yeah. just talking about uh fatal attraction being like a perfect snap snapshot of the 80s like wow. disclosure is yeah. a perfect snapshot it's, of the early 90s like yeah, early this mid-90s. is one of Sam watched it kind of recently and then he was like, You gotta watch this. And so I watched it again with him and I was like, Holy shit. No, wait, is I that mean, a, Cri- a Crichton book? Yeah. No, this, yes. this movie came out. Wait, no, after, Sam knows like all about it. But it came out after the Anita Hill hearings, right? Because that's how I remember Whoa, it in my mind. Most likely yeah. because I'm trying to remember the year where our current president fucked. Anita Hillover. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, uh, uh, important to acknowledge. Sure it, it was in the did. early 90s, yeah. so it was uh, like... Hold on. Actually, I have it here. Disclosure yeah. is 1994. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so it came out after. Likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? Anyway. Really? Yeah. I, sorry, um, I didn't connect those things in my mind, and I do remember them all very vividly. In the culture, they're deeply connected. Ooh. Yeah. Sammy, explain to us what Disclosure is about. So Disclosure, and I love this movie, uh, and I'll get to why, but the, the gist of it is, is like Michael Douglas is this manager in a technology corporation, um, which I think is on the West Coast. Well, I'm not actually sure. No, I think we sell it, the it future. doesn't matter. Um, anyway, say what? No, I'm doing a bad impression of someone who sells technology in 1994. Oh, yeah. So it... Um, Michael Douglas is this manager in a technology corporation uh, that is like um, pushing to get the like like the top VP slot or something like that. Or um, anyway, uh, out of nowhere, he's like about he's like sure he's going to get this position. And then suddenly the upper management brings in a uh, a sort of like um, a ringer which is Demi Moore who um, that he had like a previous sexual relationship with. Um, and she just kind of like bumps him out of the way. And then uh, during a meeting, she like, you know, like, you, you know, tries to fuck him and, and like privately in an office. And, you know, he refuses after sort of getting his dick sucked or whatever, but he pushed her off, so to speak. <laughs> it's uh, a very anyway, sexual, but, like, encounter. Yeah, yeah. But he ultimately, like, refuses her sexual advantages, like, because, you know, well, yeah, I mean, he's just... just he's a family uh, for, man. It doesn't fucking matter why. He just, like, ultimately refuses any further sexual advantages. And then he departs the situation and then suddenly finds that he's getting, like, bumped out of the loop in the corporation and suddenly Demi Moore, uh, which I may have left that out there is the one is the um, replacement boss that, um, you know, put the moves on him and is then accusing him of having sexually harassed her. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, fuck that shit. She hit sexually harassed me. And then it becomes this whole like legal drama, but there's a lot of like industrial espionage stuff going on. I I'm sorry. Um, I love this fucking movie. I think yeah. it's, <laughs> it's really fun, but at the same time, it suffers from. Yet I also really appreciate 
it's complete fucking ignorance to what the internet is because nobody <laughs> knew what the fuck the internet was for in 1993, which is probably when they, they were filming and writing this movie. Um, Demi Moore, go like, to internet.com and search. You're just going to wear fucking gloves and get on the internet super highway like Johnny Mnemonic oh and you're going to fucking alter all this shit using gloves. It'll be all virtual reality wow. shit that we only barely like the power glove can do with like Beat Saber now. Yeah. But like they thought like that's how you'll interact with computers. That's where this is all going. <laughs> In reality, all you do is like Prodigy and CompuServe and like chat like hey what's your age sex language mm-hmm. wanna fuck mm-hmm. that's what the internet was back then yep yeah um, that's but or want to play chess yeah it's like the same thing like the net did a little bit better with it but not really yeah where she uh, ordered a like, pizza on pizza.net well, is- you cannot <laughs> order a fucking pizza around here to the year i don't know 2002 let's yes. thank you Sammy. But this is not the episode about the internet this is the episode about Sexy movies, and and that is like why this movie's on the list because it is such the great time capsule of '94. Like totally, the whole all the computer stuff is like a fantastic side part of it. But the the 1994ness of the idea of like reversed sexual harassment, where like men can be sexually harassed too, (laughs) is such like a funny like early 90s idea and such a like Michael Crichton. Like it, it's so funny. Cuckoo, we can go too far with the idea. sexual harassment stuff. I mean, like stuff. Michael Crichton was a genius, but he also was like kind Awful. of a cuckoo guy. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he this is like his baby of like men. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, it, at this time period, the way it was presented, it just it's very tone deaf, but it's also like a very fun movie to watch it is I and think- i also like would like to point out that in the movie michael douglas gets his dick sucked for a minute <laughs> and then has like and then was like no more that's not <laughs> really how it goes normally yeah <laughs> this it's, is boring well, it's so funny i mean like demi in, moore is married in terms of in terms of like what what happened you know, in the larger culture, the fact that this comes after the Anita Hill hearings is so, um, it's so obnoxious. And I remember being like a pretty young teenager and this movie coming out and being like, oh my God, this is like, this is like the most horrendous bullshit I could imagine in terms of, and like, I do remember there, there being moments in the movie where like Michael Douglas had to like reconsider his own behavior with like Mm -hmm. the women on his staff, Mm -hmm. but it was such a throwaway moment. And also, like, it really perpetuated the idea that, like, most women who who complain about sexual harassment are, like, either lying or exaggerating, mm-hmm. which is still mm-hmm. really pervasive. I mean, yeah, people lie about being sexually harassed or raped as much as people lie about any other crime. I was murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, people lie about being <laughs> robbed as much as they lie about being raped. And there's just, like, not a lot of movies where, like, the central plot point is somebody lying about being robbed. Right, you know, it's like yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like this movie is like it's like Morton Downey Jr. and like almost no one else. But also, I can imagine men in Hollywood thinking to themselves that like patting themselves on the back and being like, "This is how this is how we solve the problem. We turn it on its head, and we to ask men, we ask men, how would it feel? Do you want to get rid of all sexual politics? I didn't think so, and we should be on top to organize sexual politics. Yeah, how would you feel if you were (laughs) if you were sexually harassed and you felt powerless and like somebody you know did this? It's almost there on a great point. This is how we end. 
sexual harassment. We we have Michael Douglas get sexually harassed. And I would personally say, like, the as a person that like works in tech, <laughs> all of the '90s tech espionage things are what I love about this fucking movie. Yeah. But the male like male victim sexual harassment thing, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah. That's the central piece of this. But it's like outside of that, I really love that movie. But like Michael <laughs> Crichton is like, he is like a vitamin C nerd, climate uh, denying fucking asshole. Yeah. I was a fucking lunatic. Yeah. But yeah. I, I will always love that movie. And it's it's a lot of nostalgia because it's like, oh, or CD-ROM drives are having these problems. I'm like, I remember when that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so, the movie's so very funny. personal to me on that level. Except for the bullshit fucking male sexual harassment thing. Where the guy got his dick sucked for like 20 seconds. And and yes, you should be able to withdraw from any sexual situation at any point. Does not matter. But when you watch, though, the sexual encounter between Demi Moore and Michael Douglas in this movie, it is intentionally ambiguous to a point. Mm-hmm. As far as like what is what what's going on like what's really going on here and um, yeah I mean I think I think that's on purpose yeah that makes sense I think. yeah for sure and mm-hmm. like I mean but they but they do have they do have that moment in the end where they ask her about how many times he says no in that encounter yeah. and he says no so many times right um, right I, I I like we cannot talk about this movie without talking about Joan Allen. The woman doesn't sure. she play his wife? Oh, she, the I just, remember, huh? No, never mind. Oh, oh, yeah, no, she does play his wife. She does that's such so funny a great job. I thought, she really, her, the reality that she lives in is yes. like, is pretty, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's I think just, she's playing it straight, but like, it's so, like, it's so, like, campy and silly. There's this moment where she's, where, where somebody's like asking her how she's doing, and she's like, she's like, 24 hours ago, my husband's penis was in another woman's mouth. And it's just like, <laughs> You know, and it's just like, How the fuck you know, do you think I'm doing, give me a she coffee. She was like, I've just been freed from a concentration camp where they made me kill babies. It's just like, it couldn't have been more horrible. It was just like, okay, lady, like, get, like, relax. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, I mean, yeah. It and, takes a man a lot longer to throw off advances. Yeah, I think we got to talk about basic instinct and then we can, like, talk about Yeah, I just, yeah. like, like, uh, cause to briefly bring up the movie Sliver. Because again, Sharon Stone is on the Mount Rushmore of erotic thrillers. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she mm-hmm. was like, she when was Total Recall like ninety? She was she was an actress in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but really mm-hmm. found her groove in like, no, I'll be in these sexy murder movies, sexy murder movies. Yeah. And Sliver is, I had the soundtrack and the Enigma music. I would put wow. it on to go to sleep, and now it's like this. It's the soundtrack to 90 Sex to Me. In she Nick actually Mutton. does very good acting in that movie. There's that scene where he reveals, you know, what he's been doing behind the scenes and filming and, everyone. Yeah, and she sits and watches and mm-hmm. like, you know, all of the all of the human emotions like pass across her face and it's really beautiful. Well, Sharon Stone is the shit. She's the shit. She's very good. Well, but, yeah. But the movie's great. terrible. And, and also, I'm sorry, <laughs> Sliver is that um it's the one that had the music video. It's uh, yeah. the UB40 one, yeah. right? Like, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yes, I forgot we about actually, that. We actually have the trailer for Sliver. You should probably Yeah, I got it. it. Please. I got it. The Sliver. Please. Please. Put it in my eyes. 
at 113 East 38th Street. You're making me do something I don't want to do. The view from the outside ah! is nothing compared to the view inside. Sliver. Nice. It's it's I think this might be one of the like actual best movies on the list. Oh my god. Because it, it it's, Really? Yeah, it, well just the, the idea that this 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 horrible man mm-hmm. who Sharon Stone enters uh, the tryst with is secretly filming every tenant in this high class apartment and it's just like that is so deeply violating. Oh yeah. Especially like with the way we talk about privacy now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't watch the whole thing, but like cuz I have only watched this movie Apologies with my dick in my hand. Oh yeah, waiting for the sec the sex scenes to occur, mm-hmm. and, and and the nudity stuff to happen because before the internet you could pinpoint exactly what you wanted to beat it to. You just had to wait, and <laughs> or fast forward. And sliver- I love this peek into your life, Chris. I can't. I, this why is, a- is this so gross compared no, to what everybody else does? Honestly, I'm not grossed out. I just like making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. But I I'm genuinely like think- not grossed out. I'm, I'm sorry. I always like to think that like basic instinct. And Sliver bridged this weird divide where uh, in the 80s, like in movies in general, but especially movies that had anything to do with sex, would include a lot of voyeurism. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that was a very big thing in the 80s, especially. And then when you moved into the early 90s, it, I, and this is very subjective, I would, there is what I would like to call insincere BDSM. <laughs> it's like that's... tying people up like yes. oh you're calling out secretary love life oh here i bought a riding crop and, i like, love that insincere it's like nobody's really like BDSM. into that necessarily i mean people were people that were serious about it of course but that 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 was the sensibility like let's spice up our love life here's a riding crop let's do this um you know this more wild stuff that that was like sort of a thing and you would see that in these movies and then you would see it comedically with that horrible horrible exit to eden movie with Dan dude our friend kevin who's been on the show and owns cap city video he's like it just occurred to me i don't have exit to eden i went to go look for it and it is two hundred dollars on dvd nope it is it is a rarity. It is out of print. And I remember seeing like I was reading a Rolling Stone magazine in camp. I'm like, who is this mm-hmm. gorgeous woman in this lingerie? Oh, and, like Dana, Dana Delaney? Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> it is Rosie O'Donnell oh, yeah. in, in, in in lingerie the entire time. And she looked fucking sorry. She slimmed way down to that great. movie. And then in reshoots, yeah. they had her come back to do reshoots. And there's a scene of her oh, no. kicking a door in. And she's like, it's, when she walks through the door, she's like 40 pounds heavier than. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Mean, I love is, her line. Like well, I'm here to fulfill also, your every fantasy. This is Go also, paint my house. <laughs> this is also, you know, the male dominated Hollywood trying yeah. to wedge Rosie O'Donnell into like a a, a sex comedy, a, a sex, a, a straight sex comedy. And for the ladies, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, for mm. God's mm. sake! Mm. Yeah. Ray stands. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I mean, stroke it too hard, ladies. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry like, please. For on one, I do not find Dan Aykroyd to be funny. I don't think he's funny. I think he's a lot of street cred from being in Ghostbusters. I don't think he's funny. I actually think he's fucking annoying. At the same time, an SNL fan. I hate hearing this. I I do not join in this hatred for Rosie O'Donnell. Right. I can see how she could be annoying. I don't think she's like all that funny either. 
but I'm sympathetic to her because I think the hatred towards her is completely unwarranted. Yeah. A hundred percent. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. She's really funny. Actually. She's very funny. That stand up special where he's, she's wearing the stupid Sam Jackson backwards Kangol hat is hilarious. Yeah. 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 That is a, she's really good. Uh, I and... may have missed some of this exposure, but like the, the fucking beef with Rosie O'Donnell, I don't fucking understand it. I'm like, what is your fucking problem? Like, it's just some like, bullshit, like Republican. Yeah, yeah. it's just assholery. Yeah. It's it's nothing. Men it's, it's hate... like she's been nothing but a great like person and a great advocate for human I, rights. I've never had yeah. any reason to dislike her, and yeah. so, but I do have reason to dislike Dan Aykroyd because I feel like he's been forced yeah. upon me, and he's not fucking funny. Yeah, he's just not. Yeah, fair. he was like fair. a kooky guy in the '70s. Sam, he. He wrote Ghostbusters, and he's awesome on SNL. I I can prepare you an essay video. I will. Okay. This is not the time nor place for that. We're talking about sexual, sexual thrillers, sexual, sexy thrillers. What were were we talking about? Basically, oh no, we were talking about Sliver. Uh, Sliver. Sorry, back to Sliver. Yeah, we're talking about Sliver. Talking about like the voyeurism that comes mm-hmm. along with all this stuff, the the light BDSM that comes along with all, a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these... So one of the things that we talked about before was that how, like, in so many of these movies, it's the idea of this, like, career woman who needs to be, like, loosened up and finds a man who, like, get, taps into her desires or whatever. It's basically the opposite of a manic pixie, manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. It's like a hot, sexy like you know sex man basically mm-hmm. dangerous sex is, man with a dangerous yeah secret. and this yeah, is pretty fucking dangerous <laughs> yes. Yes. it's great and i also think that like these movies while at individually and collectively can be problematic with like a lot of their messaging and ideas about the gay the male gaze and consent and whatnot also though probably did open up a lot of avenues of kink for a lot of people who maybe did not have any other way to experience it or did not realize they were there. Like you really couldn't access like kink ideas and kink um, culture in, in any sort of mainstream culture, certainly unless you're really willing to go to like very specialty shops probably (laughs) during these times. Mm -hmm. And like, if you live in a small town, like Tallahassee, that's just not, you're just not going to do that. So like to have these movies that are like, giving you paradigms of like kink even when they are couched in ideas of like death and crime and thrillerism and whatever like that i think was probably pretty helpful for people and like basic instinct is kind of the perfect example of that honestly i was gonna say the the example of what you're talking about is it's not a, a well yeah it is an erotic thriller cruising Oh. But but mm. it's it is it is Holly it's the double edged sword of like Hollywood like we're gonna make this movie about the gay scene and at the time everyone was very upset yeah all, yeah no and, gay gay people were up in arms about that movie. I mean now it's a classic mm-hmm. but uh, it's well, I wouldn't I think, no, no, I think I would say it's you could part argue of the canon canon but not a classic i've yeah. been in a, in, a, in a theater in canon the castro in with people laughing and applauding at the movie oh, right so like that it's, makes it's, okay. it's been canon. reappraised canon yeah it's yeah not but canon, it's not classic. at the time at the time but that, that's the double-edged sword when you you ask all these straight white men to make something that is representative of a group who that asked not... them they didn't nobody nobody asked did. them. they decided to do nobody it did own. but it, it's a bunch oh. of it's a bunch of capitalistic white men wanting to exploit a demographic mm-hmm. and i think that's my my thesis for this was that like we might be fucked up sexu- sexually because of how people took advantage of we wanted to see frank depictions of people being intimate with one another and it only is couched in horror and i say that as a horror fan 
because oh, I, and I would like to interject. Like, was there? I mean, maybe I don't recall. Was there a scene where two men kissed or were sexual in any way in this movie? In which I either you're talking movies. about basic no. instinct. I don't care which one. I mean, they're kind of the same movie. I mean, we no, there's, of, there's, there, there are, are lesbians kissing. in mm-hmm. Basic Instinct, but they're very. Yeah. It's all very fun. Okay. Yes, yes, and that that is very much playing into that like. Um, fucking stereotype of like uh straight cis men like well like uh you know i'll watch um heterosexual porn but i i'm into lesbian shit mm-hmm. i mean that's what that really yeah, is at the yeah. end of the day right and i wasn't yeah. disagreeing with you sarah i just i just feel it's a double-edged sword and, and sam's <laughs> what did you say insincere bdsm like people trying to sell something to an audience but not really understanding what that audience wanted to see in the first place we're, we, we, I don't know, we're all part of this weird monkey's paw of like wanting to see expressions of sexuality in our entertainment and then getting erotic thrillers. Yeah, and, it, and there's something about, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's audience demands or if it's just um, a continuation of a certain type of, type of culture. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's actually a very British like notion, like from like the, it's almost Victorian, like the idea that like, someone does something bad and is punished for it. Mm -hmm. And like, I think in order for some people to give themselves permission to enjoy the titillating parts, maybe they need those consequences. I have to watch the person who did it die at the end. (laughs) They can say, see, there's these consequences. So then they can feel safe uh, and secure in their own lives. Um, But yeah, there's something, um, the the morality element is like very, it's like, it really is like Victorian. It's so like old fashioned and it's still present in, it's crazy that it made it all the way into like the nineties movies. That's that's what I I had written. I had written down. Like there is something repressive in very 1950s, even about these erotic thrillers. Like it's a very warped view of non-normative sexuality. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's it's neo, it's neo-noir. It's Mm. the new noir. Like Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I mean it's it's repeating the same idea. I, I can say that it's a straight. Ways. It's non-normative and like this guy's not married to this person. They can't have sex. Uh, well, this guy's gonna, gonna die stay, by the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> if we're gonna stay on the subject, since we kind of jumped ahead. No, no, no. We, I want I wanted we, to end on this. The basic instinct, because basic instinct is both the peak and the end. Yeah. At the same time, uh, basic instinct is a crazy movie. I have never understood, <laughs> but like it is. One of the most profitable movies ever made, mm-hmm. made for 40, yeah, 40 but... million dollars, and then made five hundred million at the domestic. When a Marvel movie grosses a billion dollars, it's because it cost four hundred million. This movie was very profitable, and the whole world was on board with Basic Instinct. Oh yeah, made a household name at a Sharon Stone, nineteen ninety two Basic Instinct. Seduces people. There's internal affairs. What's that? She manipulates people. Freeze! She knows where I live and breathe. Games are over, Nick. That is the trailer. God bless you, Sharon. And Stone. that is the soundtrack to every gay nightclub I have ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. A- that's uh well, yeah that's a uh, that's that uh, that t- top forty industrial industrial grind. I got a fucking like ketamine contact high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is ninety two, and uh, Sammy, you pulled an interview about this movie, right? Really? Ooh, I'm dead, but I can't. I got it. Well, uh, so who was the interview? What was it about? 
Well, it's 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 oh, the, it's about that scene. The most famous scene from the fucking movie where Sharon Stone is like brought in to do a interrogation. What is like literally a voluntary interview mm-hmm. with the police with Wayne Knight, aka Newman. Newman. Sweaty ass Newman. That's the funniest um, part. Of the, the most, the the most, the most important vagina scene of all time is punctuated with mm-hmm. Newman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty it, amazing. There, and this has been parodied in that Emilio yeah. Estevez, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, whatever that movie. Loaded was. Weapon One. Loaded Weapon One. Mm-hmm. It's parodied. I even included a clip of Sharon Stone sort of doing that as an SNL monologue as mm-hmm. well. But, um, yeah, this is the sweaty ass interview. If you want to play it, it's yeah. very famous. You might even see some shaved vagina for like a fraction of a second. I bought this on DVD and was fucking crestfallen by the, like, yes. I can't see anything. I can't. Yes. What is going on? I... You ever, uh, engage in any sadomasochistic activity? <laughs> Jerry? Exactly what did you have in mind, Mr. Corelli? Gross. You ever tie him up? No. You never tied him up? No. Johnny liked to use his hands too much. I like hands and fingers. You describe a uh, white silk scarf in your book. I've always had a fondness for white silk scarves. They're good for all occasions. But you said you like men to use their hands, didn't you? No, I said I like Johnny to use his hands. I don't make any rules, Nick. I go with the flow. Did you kill Mr. Boz, Mr. Amell? I'd have to be pretty stupid to write a book about killing and then kill somebody the way I described it in my book. I'd be announcing myself as the killer. I'm not stupid. We know you're not stupid, Mr. Amell. Maybe that's what you're counting on to get you off the hook. Writing the book gives you an alibi. Yes, it does, doesn't it? But the answer is no. I didn't kill him. Do you use drugs, Mr. Mill? Sometimes. You ever use drugs with Mr. Boss? Sure. What kind of drugs? Cocaine. Have you ever fucked on cocaine, Nick? imagine there, there people younger than us <laughs> saw a vagina and then it cut away to newman licking his lips yikes and that's how they associate <laughs> they- so i i saw this movie for the first time when i was a uh, freshman in college yeah, and i but- remember seeing that scene and being like that's it mm-hmm. because again like this is one of those scenes that was like parodied and made so much of in like popular culture that i thought oh my god i'm gonna see up into her cervix <laughs> like <laughs> this is this mood because like people just made such a big deal about the crossing and uncrossing of legs i was like i have never seen this all right i'm i'm getting ready i'm gonna watch this i've never seen this that's from this it? angle that's, that's it do i, I see new glasses like, or did i just see like a sort of general flesh-colored region yeah. and no, nothing yes. defined. I think was, you, I you can see, see more on the Who Framed Roger Rabbit laser disc if, you, if you're looking for <laughs> vagina <laughs> yeah. shots. And, and like in, 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 in Dress to Kill, whoever that body double is, like there are way 
more intense close-ups on every yeah. aspect of the lady bottom than in this scene. Yeah. And, and I, I like the way she describes herself in the BDSM. Like, she doesn't use the term service bottom, but that's what she's talking about. <laughs> service bottom? Yeah. Full service! Um, wow. What? <laughs> Sorry, I just went yeah, really Basic Instinct is a wild movie. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of almost incoherent uh as far as like the story i have never been able to follow the story i don't know what the story is apparently sharon stone is an author who is also maybe a black widow like murderer not black widow because she's not married to these people but like a murderous person who kind of the most politically correct way of saying that (laughs) a murderous person a murderer maybe (laughs) a murder ma'am who like appears to be giving herself her own alibis by like writing books about and i was curious about like is this kind of a little bit based on like jackie collins Mm -hmm. or like you know one of those like famous lady prolific writers um but I find the film to be largely incoherent, um, <laughs> like as as a thriller and just as a film in general. But it is one of the vanguards of the erotic it's, thriller I, I, movement because it is very difficult. Like so much of it is based on her past history mm. as like a professor, as a student, mm. as just a person in general, and so much of uh, the movie is like based on tracing that past and yet it becomes more and confusing as it goes on because yeah. more and more people are roped into this web and you're just like uh, i don't know i guess uh, fuck i don't know maybe she killed the guy <laughs> and, like, like, fuck a lot. is any of this important uh, show like, me your vagina like, shit it by yeah. the end of it like really and and wow. but i i, I t- when i talk about repressed sexuality the idea that like people can't <laughs> the vagina scene brought the world the uh, america especially into the movie theater to see this mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make 500 million dollars of 1992 money yeah. in america like that's how desperate people were to see something like this to they were willing to accept anything around it yeah and, and, and like i have watched this movie like 50 times i don't know what it's about no. <laughs> i know janine Triplehorn is in there somewhere agree like, agree and also uh the best scenes, the most sexual scenes, are between Michael Douglas and Gene Triplehorn. Yep, yeah. that couch yeah. scene. And also, is Gene Triplehorn is the worst psychologist ever. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. She's horrible. She takes yeah. everything so personally. Do not trust <laughs> or do not have sex with you. <laughs> oh my god! But also, but, she love is you, a hundred oh, too dear. <laughs> so gorgeous, like she is just at the peak of her powers for Sharon sure. Stone yeah. is but, so unbelievably sorry, gorgeous in this movie. Well, I, I think Just, that was that was the head. She was she was a, a pretty young looking girl and like but her this might be just the podcaster talking. Her voice mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. inimitable. And like when I, yeah. I, I fell in love with her in Casino because like that's Goodfellas, but Sharon Stone narrates part of it. Yeah. And like her narration is amazing. She makes those scenes better just by talking about them. And even when she's not pretty and doesn't want to show her vagina anymore, everybody should give her voice work. She, her voice is awesome. First of all, she's still yeah. very pretty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will always throw down for Jean Triplehorn. A, she was in Waterworld, oh, an yeah. underrated movie. And two, 
she is in one of the coolest Mr. Show episodes ever. Like the Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. Mr. Show? Uh, yeah. Jeepers Creepers Je- Semi-Star. Jeepers Creepers. Nice. Yeah. My Jeepers favorite. Creepers, she, she shows up and sings that song That's for right. like five seconds and she's like amazing in it. I'm that not paying to cool the out of doors. I liked her in, I liked her in, um, uh, what was thing. that other thriller? The Firm. Oh, the firm. She's, she's great so, in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Scene yeah where she, that scene where that. she runs. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. Before I forget, can we just give tiny props to the pitcher from Major League, who's one of the cops in the room, the guy standing in the back? <laughs> He's Did the Crisco I guy. I was dying to know who that was. He's the, the cheating pitcher from Major League. He's the fucking, like, yeah. over-the-hill pitcher from Major yeah, League. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I got Crisco in my... Dave you know, Rudden got, is sending you a friend request somewhere right, right now. Uh, one that, of our former podcast guys. Big uh, Major League fan. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Portland, Bring it on, Dave. Um, uh, um, Haitian Dennis Haysbert's, like... Yeah. Uh, voodoo things like up your butt, Joe Boo. And then he gets hit in the back of the head with a fucking bat the next day. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, yeah. He puts a whammy on himself. But uh, yeah. I had. I well, had... we have to we have to finish this with, I think, what is the last erotic thriller that probably got me. Well, which one? Uh, it was in 2002. And I think it's Unfaithful. <gasps> yeah. Definitely. All right. All right. Yeah. Sure. The sex in that movie. Oh, girl. Okay, uh, let's play the oh, trailer and then let's oh, talk about first. it. Fucking later. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? I went down like an old lady. I really hurt my knee. Come on up and get it off, no? Come on. Anyone we can sue? There was this nice guy that helped me, though. Is he good looking? Woof. I sent him a bottle of wine. Cheap wine. Before you go, take your book. A souvenir. Be happy for this moment. This moment, this moment is, your life. is your life. Tell me more. Unfaithful, I have not seen. <sighs> okay, so Sam and I had a real debate about this movie, about I'm a, I'm whether a diabolique it constitutes man. an erotic thriller, because it is extremely erotic. It is But the thrilling erotic. portion of it, it's not is a, it the focus of the movie? There's also no mystery. Like, there's no one. Yeah. You don't wonder who the killer is. You know who the right. killer is. Oh, see, yeah. 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 Oh, I've seen, seen this movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah this, this movie was very successful. I've oh, seen yeah. this uh, movie. I, in the movie theater for a week or two, but such was the case in 2002. Mm-hmm. I maintain that, yes, this is the last of the erotic thrillers that mm. were that existed because uh, it is, it is, it gives you that, like, uh, forbidden eroticism that we look for in our erotic thrillers and a murder happens and, and, there and is... it's a heteronormative morality tale yes! I don't to, <laughs> nothing is confused yes. i don't have to think about anything yes <laughs> and there is like there are questions about like are people going to get away with what they did you know yeah. and so i mean that i think all lends elements of the erotic thriller to it but again i'd ha- i'd ask us all to reflect like um uh, this is one of those deals again like i said earlier on in the episode like the woman is not really being punished for her sins of being sexual and i think that is a a big part of the erotic thriller like that is the thing that is absent from the erotic thriller that was like present in a lot of other sexual movies in the past she's a housewife so her husband going to prison is a punishment for her too Mm. to some extent but i see what you're saying she's not being directly punished in the way that the way that 
Yeah. yeah. For her sexual behavior. Not for the, not for that. Not she directly. didn't ask him to murder her lover. I uh, know, but it, there's also like there um, that um, is that the story? Like she, her he, lover is he murdered. Kills her lover. Yeah. Is it like yeah, in the middle also, of the movie? We don't yeah, know that the he, the movie, yeah. Well, the, I guess spoiler alert: the end of the movie though is ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Mm. Extremely ambiguous. Well, doesn't she drop him off at the police station? No. <laughs> no. Boy. That sounded very like a very specific. Sorry, memory. that must have been. Sorry, that must have. Yeah, that's like one of those Something masturbation you dreams you had. Yeah, just my like rainbow bright. All dreams. my masturbation dreams end up with uh, no. somebody getting dropped off at the police station. <laughs> I think that's. I think. Wow, God, that sucks. Again, I wish yeah. I would have said. I that. I can't get off unless you turn yourself in. I wish I would have said that. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah, it was me. I jerked off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy but i do remember i do remember like the you know they really encapsulate like his hatred of what goes on of what went on when he mm-hmm. when he's talking to her and he says you know i didn't want to kill him i mm. wanted to kill you mm-hmm. i was mm. like Ooh, and like honestly that was kind of hot <laughs> yes <laughs> this movie like this movie was so hot that like no matter what happened i was like it's a little i was like that's a little hot too it's all a little hot yes yeah. yes yeah i've been waiting for the right moment to say this with all these murder podcasts and you women are weird, man. Well, here's the like, thing about uh, yes, a very. 100%. I first of all, I would, I would, I would differentiate the interest in true crime and the interest in like these types of thrillers. I think that these types of thrillers are are enjoyed as much by men. They, no, no, they are. Uh, I do but enjoy them. I do them. think I do think that there's a majority female audience for true crime mm-hmm. because like women are constantly, not constantly, but often concerned with our physical yeah. safety in a way that men aren't. Why wouldn't I want to learn about the fox? Yeah, and also more, you know, there are more women are murdered um uh by you know, their intimate partners than men and like, you know, so and it's like so, in your in in your mind as a woman, sometimes there's this, there's that thing banging around where it's like, who's the person I've already met who's going to kill me? I know me? <laughs> it's it's something men should think about when they're on Tinder. Scroll like imagine yeah. every woman you're scrolling through is a dragon that might bite your head oh, off. Oh, totally! And, and like you. on Tinder, I've had men get really offended at me for having like very basic, like smart, like personal safety um, mm. issues, and I just want to be like, do you? Like, do you not know the statistics? Do you not? First of all, yeah. Do you not? Yeah. And I've had. I'm to lucky joke, to be alive. I've right had to, and I like. I've turned it into a joke before, and I'm just like being like, "Teehee, I'm just trying to again not get murdered." You know how it is, and they're like, "Huh, sure." Um, you know, because like you have to like keep it light, but also like you know, let's meet in a well at public place because I don't fucking know you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do think that there's a difference between true crime and and um and this wonder... kind of stuff because uh, again, because I think there's a there's a men enjoy these movies. I think more. No. Than men enjoy. No, you don't think men enjoy. These no, movies? I think these movies are, are mostly are terrible. Women? But I, I watch them. For... I'm not saying when I say enjoy, I don't oh, mean well, like terrible and enjoy are two different things. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but like I, I, I these were arousing movies for me. Yeah. Like I don't like their stories. I don't think they're particularly well made. Like, um, I mean, I agree with that. Basic Instinct and uh, Sliver and Dress to Kill being exceptions, but they're still not recommendable. No, God, and, no. And and no. What yeah. are you saying that? Um... Sorry, Body Heat. I'll, I, I don't will watch Body you. Heat. Body yeah. Heat, by the way, is fantastic, and also uh, Fatal Attraction. Yeah, is Fatal perfect. Attraction. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it is, it is a perfect film. So the majority of the films that we've talked about, you have just admitted to being good films. No. So I don't. Yeah, <laughs> no, I literally you, didn't. You literally just did. <laughs> I, I said the you literally yeah. just did. I said all terrible films that I, I I enjoy personally, but like. 
I, I really wonder if our generation is going to have a hang up over this being no. the bulk of what the sexuality we're exposed to in mainstream uh, entertainment. I, I don't no. think it's good. Hmm. No, I think it's better than like, uh, uh, no, I think it's fine. No, I, and, we're, and fine. Going we're all forward, fine. I, I, we're I not think, fucked up um, over it, but we might be No, mm. going forward. I no. think there's still like an appetite and an avenue for thrillers. Um, but they don't necessarily have to be like erotic necessarily. Yeah. Uh, you remember, did, did any of you watch, I mean, I know Sarah did, but didn't, did any of you watch uh, Prisoners? No, mm-hmm. no, I've heard I should. What is that? Uh, the Hugh Jackman. Oh Jack my God, it's so good. Mm. That movie's amazing, but it's a total thriller. And there's nothing Not erotic. erotic about it. Yeah. It's kind of psychotic. But thrillers are great movies, but there there is like, no appetite for movies that you can't merchandise. Right. So like, and oh, well, shit, we'll okay. spend twenty million dollars on a movie, and we only might make fifty million dollars, and we can't, mm-hmm. you know, slap them on Taco Bell cups or whatever. We can only charge USA that. once to air these. Ugh. Okay. What about yeah. a movie that is maybe that maybe 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 qualifies as an erotic thriller? What about the movie Taken? Because really? the eroticism is the guy's daughter, yeah. but Ooh, I can't. But there is what? Come on, okay. But 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 if you've seen the movie, there is a scene, a horrible scene, where she's been drugged up and like forced to dance for like her captors, and like it's it is it it is very intentionally titillating, and this is an action movie for men. Start if it's starring mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, they want men to watch it. And so, like, there's mm. men watching uh, somebody representative of their own teenage daughters, like, half naked and, like, I don't in a very... Ero- oh, come on! <laughs> I know! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it doesn't qualify. Boomer, that movie is just boomer Gen X revenge shit. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know, it's... I, but I will it's, not assign the... Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't qualify. Okay. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Having thought about and, and it, we talked about like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, oh, and like and like, Ugh. which is a movie about eroticism Actually, with no thrilling. But no. let me give you an erotic thriller that does include Liam Neeson that we talked about on Thirty Twenty Ten, actually, and that's Chloe. Mm. Oh, that was the movie with uh, Amanda Seyfried and Julianne Moore, and it's a little bit. It's oh, thank a little God, bit there's a giant a, age difference. I'm not going to be able to watch this unless there's. It's so good. We talked about <laughs> Sam. Do you remember we watched this? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Amanda's We've watched season. so many. But oh. that is, I, I would call this an erotic thriller mm-hmm. in the vein of like kind of single white female kind of. Uh, honestly, also, if we're going to talk about other erotic thrillers, I would say Obsessed with Beyonce and oh, yeah. um, Idris Elba, also a great. Is Ali Larder the bad killer. guy in yeah. that movie? Isn't Ali Larder the obsessed yes. woman? Yes. I love that. I li- oh, also- my God. I love Sorry, that movie. That, that movie was so much fun. And I, I, like, I, I, I also s- like how the movie is essentially like a uh, like quintessential Karen like coming in <laughs> trying to like... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I want to speak to your sexual manager. Excuse me. Like, I, I, Excuse I, me. Single White Female for me was a um, slumber party, you can rent whatever you want movie. Mm-hmm. In a straight, from what I know, straight male situation. Not all white. Yeah. Um, but we were captivated, but only for three sexual scenes. I think what I hate about single white female. First blowjob I ever saw on camera. Oh, nice. Single white female. 
Yeah, I think I think I think single white female is like one of the most disturbing things about that movie, and it's like a total trope. Mm-hmm. It's like only the dangerous women masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, so there's yeah. that masturbation oh, scene and it's like and it's like supposed and like and and like she's like it's when you know bridget fonda is kind of spying on a roommate and she knows there's something up with her and that she's like kind of a creep mm-hmm. and it's like and it's like solidified in her mind when she sees her masturbating it's just like oh there's oh there's something wrong with her she's Ooh, jacking it gotta watch out for that one <laughs> you gotta watch yeah. out for her with that movie, she likes to say, sleep comfortably uh, i would say uh trigger warning uh dog death oh yeah mm. yeah i'm not watching any more movies where animals die I refuse. Yeah. Oh man, it's not graphically exposed, but it's but, like yeah. it's effectively displayed. So yeah. and yeah, I don't care for that. You don't need to do that in a movie. Well, I I wanted to talk about Basic Instinct last because like the erotic thriller, as we hinted at earlier, like um the straight to video market, the cable market, it, it turned out to be something. What everyone liked about the erotic thriller was certain scenes, the sex scenes. HBO could do that. Uh, the Fucking demonic toys people could do that. The video market addressed that really well. Over oversaturated. And then we got to a point where like if you wanted to see scenes of sexuality, there's clearly I'm trying to be delicate about this, but there's clearly ways you can why do that. Huh? I said why? <laughs> do you really want to watch 90 minutes of a story just to like rub one out like cause no. that, that's what i use these movies for that's all i knew what knew them uh, knew about no them. but there is definitely an audience of people who want to watch a film i know and they bu- about grown-ups there's an audience for that but they, they they're also the same audience who buys books at the supermarket counter because no. they don't know that the internet exists that's not true <laughs> that's not true that's yeah. not true i was all. trying to make like, a good joke and i'm just being shrug like and I just said that I want to watch a thriller. It doesn't need to have fucking in it. Yeah. I just want to watch a fucking thriller. That's why Prisoners is great. Yeah. Uh, shit. What was that movie, babe, we watched? We saw it in the theater several years ago, like probably like six years ago. It had Jason Bateman was the bully in it. You remember yes, I know. It, it's, that, it's called The Gift, I'm pretty sure. The, the Gift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. yeah the, well, the guy he's bullying directed great. it. Yeah. You just can't merchandise them. Yeah, yeah. Right. you can't merchandise it's, them, and I don't know what comes into play with like international sales. Here's another but, one: a perfect getaway. What is to me one of the best, like a fantastic uh, film? The Hawaii one. Yes, but that was like oh. over a decade ago. I I'm, seen I'm, that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is that like that's how far and few between these like thriller films are? Yeah, but they still work, and at least. For want more of personal them. taste, more. they're fucking great. Like yeah. they, they still are. It's like I love a damn thriller, and I feel like I exited the thriller market with like uh, teen thrillers. That was like the thing coming out of the nineties. Yeah, and we didn't get it. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, and I don't want to bring it up. But Jade it was on my list. The was crush. like Wild Things. Oh yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Wild Things is it, like bridge the swim gap fan. between like teen movie and fan? erotic oh, thriller. God. Wild, wild things I had as as the bookmark to the end of the era. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, it, it, and like Sarah and I were talking about a thirty twenty ten, but like we went we went to Cruel Intentions as little kids because of frank depictions. There's no nudity. There's no sex scenes. No, but it's so horny. Yeah, it's very it's a very horny movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the kind of thing I can't imagine being in theaters now. Yeah, and and and, and but yeah, the thing you said is the exact same. Uh, Wild Things was something everybody was talking about for like three years because of two scenes. Kevin Bacon's dick 
yep. Denise Richards tits. Yeah, but um, briefly Kevin's Bacon's dick, and then the threesome with yeah. Denise Richards mm-hmm. and Nev Campbell. But mm-hmm. that movie totally captured that teen movie thing, like the faculty and everything that was going on back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it captured that that energy but was still like a fucking erotic thriller at the same time. Yeah. But I, I put, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I do. I, I put basic instinct at the end because this movie was enormously successful. And, oh, uh, yeah, of course. and, and I, I mentioned, I call, I forget, even forget her name. Now I had it written down in my notes. Uh, Ann Lewis, the woman from RoboCop, Paul Verhoeven, director of RoboCop directed basic instinct. Um, and on a script ba- written by Joe Esterhouse, they would write, Showgirls seemingly under the code of that, like, yeah, the world is ready for straight porn filmed well by us in Hollywood. And Showgirls showed them, like, like no, no one, nobody wants that. Also, there was nothing erotic about the sex in that in Showgirls. You it clearly was... never had sex in a pool with no hands. <laughs> That's one of the silliest sequences I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God. It, it... It's so, it's so, it's so weird. It's like, yeah, I, I've just I've never seen like less sensual, more yeah. robotic. But I think somebody talked to that Elizabeth, or who's the Saved by the Berkeley, the, the Saved by the Bell girl. Like, no, yeah. this is where film is going. You'll have a career in this forever. Well, also, be, I mean, be there's, the first. A, there's a pressure on uh, an actress moving right. from a, from a kid friendly yes. to an adult friendly, and like, to, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that her agent their thought that would be. Uh, I'm sure nobody thought that that was going to kill seen her, in a her movie career. Since and it's she's a bad actress. Yeah, it, That's really what killed her <laughs> career. She's not good at acting, which is the thing she was being paid to do. Okay, she's very good in First Wives Club. <laughs> yeah, but she's also playing a bad actress. Exactly. Exactly. So like, <laughs> yeah. they asked and, and, they asked very Kyle little Lachlan, of her. They asked uh, so Lachlan little of her. Will, I'm sorry, Kyle MacLachlan will always be saved by Twin Peaks. Oh was. boy! Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, a hundred percent. That man can do and, no wrong. And 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 then in 06, um, Sharon Stone is kind of a household name, and they decide to make Basic Instinct two. Oh wow! In in terms of have you, most people forget this existed. I had no idea. Is yeah. she in it? I've yes. never seen it. And she's she's it. nude in it, and like and it was like <sighs> this colossal bomb. Like this, oh, this no. catastrophic, like cratering bomb, and I say that because it's like it killed a genre. They yeah. will never make another erotic thriller, thriller again because the biggest erotic thriller failed at its, at its sequel. Hmm. It's over. It is over and done. Eh, it'll come back in twenty years, like everything else does. Sarah, always. we talk about that in thirty twenty ten. Like Net- know your know your fucking audience. But but Netflix in like uh, and we were talking about this off mic too, honey. That like yeah. every. Every fucking internet company is really cagey about sexual stuff. They really and like, are. You and know, the second they get, they get, um, 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 they go public. Mm-hmm. This stuff disappears. That's really. And they don't true. address this again. Yeah, you know, they're actually in the first episode of my podcast that I interview a filmmaker, um, Zephyr Throwell, who mm-hmm. made a movie called um, Oh shit, I can't remember the name of the movie now. He made a movie with another artist where they actually where they do non simulated sex in the film. It's mm-hmm. the it's the film is a story about an it's about a relationship and the filmmakers. Um, are the actors and um, and they do non-simulated sex in the film. Um, it's not it's not the majority of the film, but it's in there. Right. They sold it to a distributor. Amazon bought the distributor and then killed the movie. Wow. Yeah. Just in, like the movie is completely unavailable. You can watch it on Google Play. You can Jeez rent it for three dollars. Like, yeah, where, but it was I, where never, I watched Loose Change. But it was never released. <laughs> yeah, it was never released. It was never marketed anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's what happens. Uh, sexuality is a really big 
hang up in America. Yeah. And um, it's not cool. And it's like, it's something, all of this was therapeutic for us. And I, I do think that the erotic <laughs> thriller was a, was a bad pill to couch something good for the country. Well, um, oh, I see what you mean. Well, yeah. I, th- I think that we have uh, pointed out some benefits to the erotic thriller. I think you're, totally. completely, like I you're completely right. It, it exposed me to certain aspects of sexuality and like women being horny. I never would have known that. That that was possible. That's kind of a big deal, and it's like, like, like kind of a good thing. That in the eighties, I never would have known. Um, yeah, just, just also too like light kink. Like this kind of opened up a lot of doors. I think for a lot of people to explore their own light light kink. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Which which brings me to my actual point of this episode, Sarah. I am nominating you as the uh, Quentin Tarantino as the erotic thriller. And you have to resurrect this genre the same way he resurrected the car, uh, <laughs> the car thriller and the, the Western thriller. Revenge movie. It's on you. You have okay. to write the next big erotic thriller. That's all you do. I'm right? on it. That's if anyone can do it, I'm, I'm sure it's you. <laughs> I cannot tell if she's being sarcastic. Anymore. No, I'll no. She's too tired. I'm, I'm, get no, right I'm on 100%. I'm on, uh, Sarah's my new favorite person. Um, <laughs> Bing! I feel like I'm about to get ganged up on. I, I don't huh? like this at all. Oh, uh, good. But uh, so I, I like it when you feel that way. I know. Me I do. Too. Me too. It makes for yeah. a really good podcast. Yeah. That's because uh, I'm a I power bottom. A fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a that? mega bottom. <laughs> gyrate so fast it makes it look like I have three cheeks. You have no idea what I'm working with back here. Oh wow. Um, everyone's bored and tired. <laughs> This has been an erotic thrillers episode a long time in the making. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, honey, where can people listen to you, Morn? Uh, the Honey Leave It Show is on um, all of the the big the big ones: mm-hmm. um, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and some other ones. Um, Zoom. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoom. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you're if you're if you still if you still got some, a Zoom player, I gotta do some. Please download up. my show. <laughs> um, and then I'm also I'm also on Instagram as Honey Leave It Alone, and I'm on uh, Twitter as just Honey Leave It. Um, this was one of the most fun conversations I've ever had oh. about some uh, like a, a thing I never thought I could couch into one topic. It was really fun. Thank uh, you guys so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. This is super fun. Listen to yeah. Sarah more Sarah on thirty twenty ten. Uh, Sam everywhere, especially bonus time. Um, uh, <laughs> Patreon. He just waved lightly while falling asleep. I don't have to defend myself, to y'all. Uh, we hit all of our bedtimes. Yeah, we did. We did. We're um, old, <laughs> but that's what happens on a weekday. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's close out with some enigma. <laughs> Golly, don't be. Oh, 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 oh,